Well, fellows, we are back with another episode of the Knights Errant Podcast. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on since uh, last time, uh, but let's uh, introduce one of our hosts, Rick. How's it going? Hello. What's up? How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. Here we are. A little late night action for us. We had to make I know, the, right? We had to make the, the Englishman get up early today. <laughs> we had to do we had to do an end around and speaking of our Eng- well English man. Yeah. Because there's only Solitary. one. Guys, yeah, how you doing my friend? Not too bad. Got my coffee ready. I know I should be drinking tea as an Englishman, but And an English muffin too. You should have one of those. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With all the nooks, oh, nooks and crannies. crannies. <laughs> oh some crumpets. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. So, uh, what do you what have you been doing since the last show? Uh, I have actually been doing some hobbying. Shock nice. horror. That's probably why you're having such cursed luck now, because hell is freezing over. <laughs> the Lord giveth and he taketh away. That's <laughs> yep. what they say. That's the word on the street. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've got pretty much one of my uh, saber tanks done. The other one is probably about 70% complete, so... If you want to look, look at my shit work, just check out Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. I'm sure you'll find it there. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with it. It's the first time I've put transfers on a model. Well, it's not the first time, but first time in a long time, I should say. Yeah. yeah a fair <laughs> yeah. few years. Because I'm, I'm one of these people who just thinks, ah, it's never done. It's never finished. And I just thought, fuck it, I'm just going... I'm never going to get back around to it. I've got most of my armies, armies some like 80% finished and I never can be bothered to do the last bits or pieces the weathering or something like that or the ceiling so yeah that's pretty much done looking to, forward to putting it on the tabletop and watching it blow up straight away because we all know <laughs> that's what happens yeah that's not what Turn one you're, dead. Gonna, you're gonna get you're gonna get into a great position where it's gonna be you know a, an opportunity for it to excel beyond what its points are and then you shit the bed yeah right yeah. so you use great strategy to put it in the proper position but then it doesn't it won't hit and then gets blown up yeah <laughs> so it'll be something like just put de- deployment and then an alpha legion player will just go i'm just using my saboteur to blow him up oh. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I have some of those painted up just in case I run into them little saber tanks. They're going to eat them up real nice. <laughs> oh, the jerk. Yeah, it's the... That's awesome. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to using it. I'll probably, next, with me and Matt, we're meant to be playing this week a uh, 3,000 point battle. But nice. obviously, we've had a new COVID state across the country and our uh, local game stores shut down so yeah we can't no gaming for us for a little bit so that got canned but I believe you two have had a game haven't you yes we did yeah we did we had boyfriend weekend we talked about it on last show we actually had it so I gotta leave uh, leave the family it's nice it's free just temporarily not permanently yeah, not for really. I wasn't kicked out or anything yet. Uh, <laughs> he didn't walk but, out of his family. <laughs> it reminded me of my young, uh, young, wild buck days, uh, and uh, was able to just like hang out with Rick all weekend and the boys, and, and played an awesome game. Played four thousand points. 
2,000 a player, so it was a four-player game. And uh, I was teamed up with Gabe, who's a really cool dude, um, who was rocking world leaders. I did Alpha Legion, and then it was you and Chiller, right, Rick? Yeah, I had the uh, the Army of Shame, the, the Imperial Fists. <laughs> and then Chad was rocking what, his blood what's the, what's the Army of Shame? It's because I have to use that army because it's fully painted, but because I don't have a fully painted army myself. And I feel shame. So you should. Yeah, still nice looking Imperial Fist army, though. Yes, it is very nice. Children and great. A bit limited in options, but hey. You know, <laughs> can't complain. I enjoy you using your uh, Imperial Fist army, but please paint some more so I can use different units. Yeah, right. Yeah. If I buy them for you, will you just yeah. paint them up? What do you mean I don't have the brand new Sabre tanks? I want to yeah. use yeah. yeah, this is horse shit. Yeah, how am Spartan? I going to learn my lesson? Are you going to yeah. paint the stuff up for me? Yeah, come on. Where's that heavy support squad with heavy bolters to utilize my expert ballistic skill? Just give me $300 and let me go and buy some four-drilled for you. Yeah, just paint it up. Oh shit! So yeah, that's uh, the army of shame for our group. If you're new, we get into it, or if you're like me and don't have a fully painted army, and be dragging everybody else down, you have to use that army. But so it was we, did our, we did all right. What was in the armies? Kyle, you go first with yours. Um, so I ran two thousand points of uh, Alpha Legion. And uh, my Alpha Legion, so I got to rewind it. I mean, if people have been following on Instagram and uh, on the gram, as the kids say, and Twitter and uh, Facebook, you'll see my um, uh, Alpha Legion webinar. So uh, my plan was to try to paint about roughly 4,000, 5,000 points in four weeks. We're now into the fifth, almost six week, and I'm almost done. Uh, I have two javelins left and a Alpharius to paint. And then the army's done. Uh, I had a lot of personal expenditures and stuff that sapped my hobby. <laughs> so that kind of ran a little bit late. Uh, but the army I'm doing is the Headhunter uh, Leviathal um, uh, Rite of War. And uh, it's very fun to play. Uh, I do a really themey, just a bunch of Headhunter units, um, which are like souped up Seekers uh, for people who don't play Alpha Legion or have never played against them. Uh, they have a lot of cool rules, and uh, but at two thousand points, they're a little. There's no real teeth to it, um, and then <laughs> I think that uh, would disagree. Uh, well, so it's to, how do I explain this? Like uh, the army is very, it's it's like the little gun in Men in Black. If people remember that little gun, like it doesn't look like much, but it can pack a wallop if if it's in the hands of the right player. Um, and there's like little tricks that you can stack on top of each other. Um, and for example, while you were talking about Chilo, Chiller was running Blood Angels and he ended up kind of facing me on my left flank, his right flank. And he had a fat 20 man, uh, assault Marine, uh, unit. So the biggest fly did was at the beginning, cause you have mutable tactics, which you can pick for your alpha legion army. I decided to go with tank hunter because there was a mission, uh, that we play. I forget what the mission was, but it's uh, the heavy heavy tanks can score. So I was like, oh, I gotta take that and make sure I kill vehicles just so they're not scoring. When I should have taken my tried and true uh, counterattack, 
which always helps. Um, so when you're running with these headhunter units, they have combi bolters and ballistic skill five. They have bane strike ammunition. So uh, if you start stacking properly, uh, I know Matt from uh, last episode with the Night Lords says he doesn't really invest into artificer army armor. Uh, this is an army if you're playing against it, you really should because yeah, you have a rough ride. Uh, as Rick has not done before or has done before, he did that, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and put three shots, you know, a shot on your, on your, uh, or two or three shots hits that I hit on your sergeant." Oh, I rolled a six; he's dead. <laughs> you get no save if you if you don't have a two plus. So, um, I didn't have counter charge. So that big unit that Chad had because. Uh, <laughs> I didn't anticipate, I can't remember the last time I played Blood Angels with COVID and everything, um, but they were very fast, and I should have known better. And uh, he was able to move on me pretty quick, and uh, he got his charge off. And in the part of him charging in, he had a chaplain, 20-man unit, apothecary in there. So I did my overwatch, and then the combi bolters are twin-linked that they have, so I was able to get like seven or eight hits. And then I'm like, well, do you have artificer armor on that apothecary? Nope. All right. So... Dead. You know, four of, the, four of these hits are going to go, you know, I did like half the hits, half these hits, and of course I rolled that, uh, I rolled two sixes, so it's like, you got to make you feel no pain, he didn't, so I waxed his, I basically picked on the charge, he charged me. He uh, still goes like I sir, though, didn't he? Well, yeah, you can do that, but you got to not fail it. Yeah, which so, he did. That's, <laughs> that's it, which he did. So, there's always that, right? So, um, you know, it's not easy, but it's not impossible either, right? It's just a little bit more difficult. And then what what helped to my benefit, because all those dudes have the little power daggers, so I shot him and killed a few on the way in, and then he charged me, and I was able to pick out that apothecary, killed the apothecary, and then he was in close combat, and we were going simultaneous with my little... And I rolled amazing with my power daggers, and I killed like eleven with the power daggers. It was some ridiculous, right? And he was like, yeah. "Holy shit!" <laughs> like he was just like, "What happened?" So I basically, and if and that was without counter attack, right? Which what I got was the extra attacks and all the other stuff like that. So um, did he not yeah. have Dave Revelation? No, he was playing. I can't remember which one he was playing. He just had a fat squad. He had a Terminator unit in a Spartan. He had uh, a... Was it a Storm Eagle, Rick? Yeah, I think it was a Storm Eagle. Yeah. Or was it a Fire Raptor? It was a Storm Eagle. Storm Eagle. And then, because that didn't really fight against me, I fought about fight against Gabe. And then, what else did he have? He had another tactical squad and a Rhino. He had like two tactical squads and Rhinos. And he had a Leviathan. You got a game to game well, that other ta- uh, assault squad, so you can run that, Dave Revelation. He's tried to do that; it hasn't been successful for him. Because he, he plays game, he plays games who who yeah. can out assault him with his world leaders, and so I think yeah. he's hesitant to to run that. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's trying to out assault an assault army, and he just keeps getting his dick kicked in. Yeah, I think. I think we've like any army. Sorry, sorry, I'm cutting across you, no problem. Kyle. Uh, you need to have that balance, don't you? You need yes. I mean, when I used to go to uh, Warhammer Worlds and come up 
against assault armies and I always had a good balance that I could shoot them coming in and then obviously we'd have massive casualties both sides yeah he's always insane about four models left on the table or something <laughs> like that but yeah I think all I think you do need balancing armies yeah and I think the one thing like so a lot of you know what our group has figured out you know at least in our meta right was that a lot of times the easiest way to kill a vehicle is assaulting it as opposed to shooting at it. So Chad has taken this to the next level, and he, he started doing this with his ward bears. He had these this huge assault squad and would load it up with melted bombs, which is great. I mean, you can absolutely, I mean, you're the, you know, the bane of you know most vehicles. But what the problem is is he does it to Gabe's uh, Land Raider or to Gabe's Spartan. Well, you blow up the vehicle and then... You know, they pass all their checks, and now you have a very pissed-off Red Butcher squad that you blew up their ride, and now they're going to come carve you. And that's what happens. It needs to be a sacrificial unit. There you go. Yes. Like scouts yeah. or something. Yeah, my scouts can blow you up, but I don't give a shit about them after that. Yeah, but when you're losing, you know, when you're doing that with a big assault squad, and you're not wrapping the tank, and you're blowing it up, and then they're getting the shit kicked out of them afterwards. That's it. Because mm. you used to take an assault squad and then you give every single one melted bombs, that is expensive. Yeah, that is very ex- I mean, 20 man unit. Yeah, 20 man unit and 100 a point size, in. isn't it? Well, okay, 105 points. Well, and plus 100 points in melted bombs. Yeah. Plus power weapons. Oh, that's what I mean. 100 points just for the melted bombs. I mean, that's, yeah. that's yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? But sorry, yeah, go and carry on, Kyle. So you, uh, you uh, obviously so- murdered him. In close combat. Yeah, in that, in that aspect. But then uh, he, uh, it's weird because I think he got really like, uh, you know, like the bull, bull sees red, even though he's wearing red. <laughs> so like, <laughs> when I, when the I, saw blue. Unit, yeah, he was, uh, he was sending his Spartan off after uh, uh, world eaters. And then I just like eviscerated that unit. And then I eventually killed this chaplain in close combat. <laughs> it was just like, he's like, I had all these dudes and fuck, they're all dead. <laughs> like, he's wah, like, wah. He's like, they all have power weapons? I'm like, well, they're power daggers, only strength three. He's like, how many fives and six? I was like, oh, like eight or nine or something yeah. crazy. He's like, holy shit. And I'm yeah. like, and I didn't even have a counter, uh, <coughs> having a, a charge on that. And he's like, holy crap. Um, so, like, I basically held that flank, but then he was taking his uh, Spartan up the, the middle and then, like, diverted to the right and came after my other squad and I mean, they ended up killing like a couple. That I mean, headhunters are cool and awesome against tactical marines or anything in power armor. If they run into terminators, they're fucking smashed. They're just run to the hills. Yeah, just like you're like, okay, cool. I have a power dagger, and I'm gonna poke you with it, and oh, you get a two plus save. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really do anything. Um, but what happens? The trick. Let me bring it back here and pull it back. The trick too of also having counter tar- uh, counter charge is that they have the uh, the hydra little flask that I'm totally blanking on what it is right now. Rick Kelly grenades. The, yeah, the little grenades that give them impact attacks. So one of the things I love to do with the headhunter unit is to try to get a point of fire. So you're firing on units. So if they're going to be assaulting, they come in. So you're going to shoot them. Then you're going to get to do your overwatch. They come in. Then you're also getting the counterattack. Then you're getting impact attacks. So if you figure a 10-man squad, all the combi bolters, you're going to shoot 20 times. 
then they're gonna charge it on you. You're gonna fire twenty times, rerolling your misses because it's twin linked. Then they come in, then you're gonna counter charge, then you're gonna hit them with impact attacks, and then you get to attack with your power dagger, and all with the ten man unit. And then you can also give the sergeant a uh, the harrower. I think it is a, a power fist or power axe or something if you wanted to go that route. So they can they for what they can do, they're extremely good. And they have the power daggers, like I said. Um, it, even though they are three, if you start, you know, doing the math hammer on it, you're going to get so many chances with the shots, the countercharge, the impact attacks that you're going to cause problems for yeah. the other unit. And uh, you know, like I was where I knew where I was messed up too is that I deep struck in my layer squad, my layer terminators, and uh, I didn't have my. Uh, my counter attack and I got hit with what was it? A unit of three custodes and uh, it was a shield captain and three custodes. Yeah. And I didn't have, I needed, I just needed those extra attacks to whittle away Rick's unit. Um, but he, he went to, he went to town. <laughs> There'll be no whittling away of custodes. Well, there would be if I had the impact attacks and the counter trend, the extra attacks. So I, I really goofed on there. Just, you know, I let the mission kind of take away one of my best rules in the game, um, you know, for for the Alpha Legion. Uh, but besides that, uh, my Javelins did great. They tore up Land Raiders and they survived the game. And, you know, oh, overall, I had, I, obviously, it's a blast because I haven't played. 30k in months because of COVID, you know. So it's just good to get out with the boys, have some pizza, roll some dice, you know, and just bullshit and you know, kind of over almost like remember pre-COVID times, dude. Because we hung out from like seven to like midnight. Yeah, yeah. So what I for so for people this is like boyfriend weekend. I know I joke around it. You know, my <laughs> wife always says like, "Are you gonna go play with your boyfriends and your miniatures?" So. <laughs> <laughs> so I just started calling boyfriend. So basically, what I did is uh, I came up with this plan. I think I mentioned the last show, or maybe I didn't. I think we did the after show thing where we didn't talk about it. Yeah, um, we, it, I should say that because the last show was so long, it actually got cut out because I couldn't fit it in. Yeah, <laughs> I was going pretty in. Yeah, show. I was going pretty in on this. Uh, the end of this show, so uh, it might be a little bit odd to people listening because. I'll probably or put maybe that. just on a standalone on its own. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like, it was a funny little like extra thing that Rick and I had talked about. Um, but basically what happens is I told my wife, I'm like, look, we're trapped in here and in our house and, uh, you know, with our kids. And it's like, I just need to get away from your face and your voice <laughs> you know, and everything about you. But, but everything about you, but like, I love you tremendously, babe. Like you're an amazing lady. You're a badass. Like, but I love you, but me. you know, you know, like I'm going to strangle all of you in your sleep if you don't <laughs> let me go somewhere. Um, so then my wife went to San Diego with a bunch of her, uh, uh fellow principals. And then, uh, cause my wife is a principal that I mentioned last, uh, so she went and did that the weekend before, and then the weekend back, she came back. It was me. So uh, Rick and I recorded the show early morning, and then we met up for breakfast. Started boyfriend weekend eating <laughs> breakfast. Eating some we sausages. <laughs> then we went out and hung out, hung out at the store. So it was funny. So I had we talked about it too. I think I had that extra rule book. Thanks, Rick. 
of the, <laughs> uh, the book nine and uh, you know, Forge Roll was nice, nice enough to contact me once it had arrived at my house like oh well you could just send it back to us so I take it take to the, the FedEx store and you know I'm talking to the FedEx lady and she's like oh what is this I was like oh it's a nerd book I gotta send it back to uh, Tennessee because they oh for real they sent it to you like I was like oh yeah hell yeah they did and then, like we're having this conversation she was funny she was an awesome lady so if you're in Scottsdale go to the FedEx store by the GW she's amazing and uh, so I go and I turn it in I go and I meet Rick at the GW store and then lo and behold like three hours later dude comes in like Ford ruled totally fucked up my order and didn't give me my book nine I was like dude I just literally shipped a book nine I would have sold it to you <laughs> like you know we were there so I just hung out in the store and bullshitted all day and hobbied and worked on my Alpha Legion and then like we'd go for dinner and then we'd hang out and bullshit some more and then we'd play games and then I was just hanging out in the store. It was off awesome. it was just nice. And like I FaceTime my kids in the morning for like ten minutes unless like I put them on a timer, like that's all you get a, a, a big <laughs> papa. That's all you get big big daddy and then you're done. That's that's and then it's done. And then uh, I think I FaceTimed maybe one other time. And then but it was just it was glorious. And then I went to my hotel and uh just watch college football in the morning before i came to the store it was amazing it was like did you wear the robe at the hotel with it open in the front no because i was just like uh, uh i just went like el natural like, yeah. a war- <laughs> like the warriors did i like just folded over like i was a, a greek senator you know <laughs> <laughs> the republic uh, no it was it was just nice to it was really weird though, and I think anyone who's like married, where you're just like, and have kids, and it's just like you wake up and there's absolutely no silence, because my little savage son wakes up at like five in the morning. He's like, "Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Want to play? Check out my cars. Let's go there." And then it's just like it you starts. Like <laughs> you like Spider Man? I like Spider Man. And then like he just goes nonstop. Right, so it, like you just like, oh my god, it's seven o'clock in the morning, which is sleeping in for me. That's like big time there. Seven o'clock in the morning is completely quiet, right? And I'm like, oh, let me throw on ESPN because I never get to relax and do that. Oh, it's college football. Let's watch a little college football. And then you know, and it was funny because I was so close to the GW store, so I stayed up. So I, I didn't stay home. I wouldn't like was hanging out. I went and stayed in a hotel about 20 minutes from my house <laughs> so like so i was like oh and rick's like dude where are you i'm about to open the store i was like oh shit i gotta get going because i was so used to it. it's like a 30 minute drive from my house maybe 35 minutes i was like there in five minutes i was like oh yeah and then i went to starbucks and got stuck in the line for like 25 minutes People were <laughs> wow. they're mocha, mocha choker bullshits yeah they're mocha choker yeah. bullshits and it was taking forever i'm like it can't be that hard Oh my god! And the COVID is the worst. Oh my god! With any time you go through a drive-through, it's bad enough you got motherfuckers who don't know what they want to order. But it's even worse now because they're like, no, "I want to get COVID if I go inside, so I'm going to stay in my car." And they're like, "Oh, I've never been to the Starbucks before." I'm like, they've been around for fifty years. Everyone knows what they have. The black coffee. coffee. You don't know what you do, dude. And I like, I get up there and they're like, "Oh, how's it going?" I was like, "This is what I want." And they're like, "Anything I said, that's what I want." <laughs> like that's done. And then in my mind, I'm like, "See, people, that's how you, you just come up. You know exactly what you want, and then you just go there." Yeah, so, it, I was a little rant. Because you have a five minute queue, 
so I don't understand these people. When you in that queue for five minutes, how you haven't made your mind up? No shit. I can understand if if they say I want such and such, and they go, "Well, oh, we haven't got that." Well, okay then. But you always have a backup plan. Yep. So normally mm-hmm. I'll go. I'll have a cappuccino. If they say we can't have a cappuccino, well, fuck knows why. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you just I'll have an americano there or something like that. Yeah. Or the no, best yeah. one has a car full of people, and they're like, "What do you want, Ugh. Sally? Oh, what do you want, Billy? Yeah. Oh, hey, Ugh. do you have the chicken taco? Does that have onions on it?" And you're just like, "God, the fuck it!" The one of the most proficient, to the most, and I, you know, obviously, there's gonna be people who are like, "This is fucking stupid tacos." We're talking about fucking In and Out, and and uh, you know, like Starbucks and stuff. Chick Fil A and In and Out in America have this shit down to a, sty- a science. They're like, they got people out with iPads and they got their masks on because they're being all COVID efficient. And it's like, I've never seen a line of things just like, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be in this Chick-fil-A line for like three hours and you're out in 20 minutes. Yep. And there's like 60 cars and they're just like, boom, boom, boom. And they're like, what's your name? And they get check. And it's like, it's perfect. And then you go to Starbucks and then it's a car full of freaking morons. It's like, what do you guys got there? It's coffee, bro. (laughs) They have some tea. It ain't that hard. Like, get a hot chocolate shut the fuck up <laughs> dude seriously it's just like and that, that's the worst thing is because covid is i mean not because there's been a lot more worse things than covid but you know what i'm talking about my first world profits right now and uh people going in their cars and then not going inside you know because then i'm like i'm the asshole now i can't go inside because I thought this would be easy because it's Starbucks and everyone's been to fucking Starbucks. Yeah. And then Rick's like, where are you? And then Rick's like, I miss you. I haven't seen you here yet. <laughs> I miss your musk. Where are you? And I'm like, I'm in a fucking Starbucks line. Look at you for these people to order the goddamn drinks. Just text him back. So what do you want? Do you want one, Rick? Yeah, uh, can you get me? Uh, and you just get this. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I have a cappuccino. I no, like, I'll have a latte. No, I'll have. Well, I was like, Rick, what do you want? He's like, ah, I'm good. And I was like, I should have known it with that response. Ah, I'm good. Yeah. That's good. Oh, so, so, but don't you find if you have a. When you have, like you said, you stop, stop in a hotel, you can get up whenever you want. You always wake up early. And then you can't get back to sleep. And you're like, for fuck's yeah. sake, the one day I get to sleep in. And yeah, I'm, just... I'm up early. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Because, like, we went uh, we went out. Because we had one buddy, Morgan, uh, who didn't play with us the night before, but went out and had dinner. It was just cool because I haven't seen him in a while. Probably, like, six, seven months. Just the bullshit. And then talking, it was like, I was like, oh, I'm out uh, past my bedtime here now. Ooh. It's like midnight. Normally, I'm hopping at this time, right? It was like, ooh, I'm living dangerously. The lights and the streetlights are on. And, oh, shit. Uh, I'm out and about. But then it was like I went there and it was – it is basically because you have that, like, internal alarm clock where it's like, you should be getting up. So what I did is I did, like, I stayed up to, like, 2 or 3 in the morning watching, like, football highlights and then – or watching, like, like, my FBI files or something. And then it made me sleep in like an extra couple hours. Same amount of sleep, just kind of shifted the sleep a little bit. That makes sense. Mm. But we did that and then hung out in the store, terrorized Luke, the manager there, which was fun. Um, And then one thing that's great, because it's been a long time, I've either, uh, 
for some form or another for gosh, probably like 12, 13 years worked in the industry. So I was worked for some company where there's battle film or GW and I can never say what I wanted to say on the floor. Cause I was representing those companies. <laughs> but now I was in this, the store and I was just telling people like, you're dumb. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. So I could be like, Oh, that's Kyle. He's one of the top guys over at battle film or he runs a store for GW runs the battle bunker. And I can't say like, Dude, what you just said was stupid. <laughs> like, I can say that now. It was so freeing. It was beautiful. I was nice about it because I would engage him in, con- in conversation. And then, like, one guy was dribbling about, like, oh, my God, what was it, the, the new ninth edition? And I'm like, yeah. well, why don't you just quit the hobby then? He's like, huh? I'm like, why don't you just quit the hobby? He's like, well, I was like, man, if you're that mad about it, it's plastic miniatures. Like, think yeah, about that, people. If you get so agitated, like, you create, like, a like a YouTube page or you create a blog or a vlog if they even do those things anymore. And you just rail about how your plastic army men's army book is at a disadvantage and you're so wound up on it. Why, why put that energy into a game, into a hobby? I never understand that. Right. Like never, nothing's ever going to be perfect. You know, especially like 40 K we're talking like space Marines had their time in the sun for the last year. Dude, it's gonna come back down. You're just gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get a little you got a taste of the glory, you're gonna get pulled back a little bit. Yeah. That's how it's gonna be. But man, some of these kids in the store, and I shouldn't even call them kids, there were some adults, I was just like, what is fucking wrong with you? <laughs> like you need like sports or a girlfriend or sports <laughs> and a girlfriend, like to spread <laughs> some of this hate and and misuse around of time because wow some people just get really and it was weird because i haven't been in a store like that for that amount of time for a long time yeah because that was like my way of life you know you'd hear all kinds of dumb shit but like it's kind of like you know if you live in a house and you got like ferrets or something and it smells but you don't know because you live with the ferrets and then you go somewhere for like a week and a half and you're like come back and I'm like my house smells like freaking ferrets like <laughs> that has that musk you're like oh that's what it was like for me i've gone away for a week the house came back and it smelled like musky ferrets which is very equivalent to what gamers smell like anyways <laughs> so, but it was just fun just to hang out and and, and bullshit and and hobby and i got you know oddly enough got a lot even though you guys had those metal chairs that satan invented himself <laughs> uh, right on you your know. fucking butt oh dude right on the bone like i have like no padding anywhere from ash cheek to bone just my my people are tall not with so much the ash assage ass mass mass ass <laughs> so just sitting on that metal was like killer but yeah not a good way so, but it was just good just to be in there and then bullshit with you. And then, like, when someone would be talking stupid, we'd look at each other like old days, like, are you kidding with this dude right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good times. That was fun. That was I a good weekend. We've just had a, well, yesterday I had an email saying Warhammer World's reopening. So, yeah. I said to, stupidly, I didn't obviously read the email, I just saw the headline. Sent Pete and Lee a message saying, right, when are we going to have our geek weekend away? Yeah, go to Nottingham. Just, to be honest, it's not even about playing, like you say, playing the games. It's just the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. You know, just soaking in. It's just being there gets you motivated and stuff. Then I read the email. 
yeah, you have to be in bubble or, you know, your housing group or whatever. It's like, oh, shit. We can only yeah, go there yeah. if we're uh, brothers. I'll go in, hold your hands, and you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was in there and wore my mask. You know, if no one was in there, I didn't have my mask on. I was like, no one's within my six-foot bubble. But, like, just went in there. It, was just, it wasn't crazy busy like they had been in the past, obviously, because, you know, people are still adjusting to these COVID times in the streets. You know, like... But it was just fun to be in there because, like I said, some of the the goobs came in, goobed it up. Uh, a lot of other people were cool. Um, only one person grabbed my model without asking. I was just like, seriously, like who, who did that? that? Some goob. I don't even know. And he's like, oh, Alpha Legion, and just like picks it up. I was like, cool, go ahead, dude, check it out. Yeah. And like, don't ask, man. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, cool, dude. You're just gonna pick up my model. He's like, oh man, can I look at it? I was like, yeah, with your eyes. Fuck me, right? Fuck me, right? Can I suck on it, please? Yeah. I like that candy coating. Uh, (laughs) It's like blue. And the the worst part is, well, not worst part, I guess the best part is, is like, if he had done that like an hour later, I was working with my decals or decals for my people across the pod. And uh, I had him on there if if I didn't have it like sealed up and he just would have been like finger fucking it and then like, you know, could have messed it all up. So, you know, slap him. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, like I and guys, I went on like I was prepared for this shit. Like I packed like I was going camping, right? <laughs> so I packed my air compressor. I had three different airbrushes. I had all my non GW products too. Is like I had my airbrush flow improver. I had my you know my varnishes. I came like legit ready to get down on the hobby. Except for so your Microsoft microset. Yeah, that was a hey. <laughs> I got ninety nine point nine percent. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I got you. I got you six, homie. Some people. Some people have some blind spots. That was one of my blinds. I like yeah. sprayed. Yeah, the sprayed like all the gloss marks. I was like, all right, time to do the decals. Where the hell's the microset microsol? God damn it! <laughs> Son of a bitch. And there's no and there's no place that I know of up there by the GW store where you know I can go get it. I'm like, and the worst part is, is I have two bottles like half used and then i have two brand new bottles like one of each right so i'm like god i'm not gonna go just to get that but rick came through rick came through like a man he came clutch yeah that's how i roll so i'm a little bit disappointed we should have could have got you to uh do recordings and stuff at throughout the uh hobby weekend Oh man, that gets us cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Who can cancel us? No one listens to us. That's true. Cancel you don't listen to. What are you talking about? There's seven people that can be really upset right now. Well, yeah. our parents. <laughs> yeah, my mom is going to be very angry. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it would have been fun. There was like, we could probably record it or something that are done like some kind of IG. Like, I'm already, like, thinking, like, okay, if this stuff keeps going on with the COVID, depends on, you know, how the election goes or whatever. But uh, if the world's going to need us. Yeah, if the the COVID keeps going on like this, I'm like, maybe in December I'll have another boyfriend weekend. (laughs) Yeah, right. You know, and then tell my wife to figure out her girlfriend weekend. So Yeah. I suggest it for the the seven or twelve people who listen to it, and if they're married, like, 
and you have kids just say hey honey go weekend go with you and your girlfriends and then because it was cathartic man it was like it was like chicken soup for the soul to do it was just nice to do dude things you know especially in our society nowadays when dude things are looked down upon it was nice to go do some yeah. dude things nice to go play yeah and not have you know worry about like did my son wipe his butt properly <laughs> like that's <laughs> as yeah, as you'll understand as it, as it goes on in a little bit that's a big accomplishment by the way if they can start wiping on their own oh, um oh me i was downstairs downstairs yesterday uh probably texting you guys to be fair and obviously the but daughter's playing on the floor yeah she's only 10 months so and we've got it down to quietly it's only only her toys and she's quiet in a corner and i'm thinking oh, and i can see her eating something oh, what the fuck's she eating and these there's these little like discs on the uh settee on the on the feet themselves to help him slide along in, on carpet. <laughs> and one of them come loose and she's going in her mouth. It's about the size of probably a two pence piece or something. And I was like, oh shit. And scraping that out. Yeah. I, just thought, I thought, it started. It yeah. started. She's narrowed this. Because she's like a cat. Anything that's on a table, she just, she's got to gear up and knock you over. Nice. And you have a you have about a five second uh, window of a seeing it, and then sprinting over. And so, so many times you just forget, leave your coffee cup there, and yet then it's everywhere. Yep. <laughs> That's the thing about you're gonna learn, especially as she becomes more mobile. No noise is the worst noise. <laughs> that means something is going down, and it ain't gonna be good. Like, well, it's funny because I work from home and I'll be working from home and I'll be on the phone talking to one of my students and you hear my son in the background, dad, I pooped, <laughs> dad. <laughs> so here's a funny story too. Cause Rick, so Rick and I are dirty people. So like sometimes <laughs> we'll, we'll take pictures of our dumps and send them to each other. <laughs> So my son had a massive one like six months ago. I took a picture and I sent it to Rick. And Rick's like, come on, man. I'm waking up in the morning. I was like, that was my boy. I was so proud of him. He was like, holy shit. That was like, he was almost breaking the surface of the water. So now my son does. Every time I go to weapons, buddy, he goes, dad, is it big enough to take a picture and send it to Uncle Rick? <laughs> Every time. Like, oh is it my big god! Enough? It's funny. Is it big I'm enough? I'm surprised doesn't when he's at daycare. Ask the daycare sitter to take a picture of his shit. Oh my god! Oh, that would be. Dude, he said he just so... throws rocks at kids. Sounds like so, that's like another thing. South Park episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, man! I had, so I had a, so I also do soccer dad stuff like or football or footy dad stuff. Probably similar in the UK is. So with all the COVID, I have my daughter. She goes to school, so we don't want her to stay there after care. So we have we carpool with uh, a friend. So they take her. She takes her two daughters, and then my daughter in the morning, and then I pick my daughter and then her two daughters. So her one little daughter Anna reminds me of me when I was a kid. Just ask crazy ass questions, and like today I'm driving home. Rick I almost texted to you. It was so funny. So we're driving, and she goes, she would call me Mr. Kyle, and I said, stop calling me Mr. Kyle. Just call me Kyle. 
right? So I finally got over that hurdle. Right? I was like, because Mr. Kyle makes me sound old as shit. So we're driving, and she goes, so she goes, Kyle, um, when you're growing up, did you have 20,000 girlfriends? <laughs> I was like, yep. I was like, I was like, no, I just, I just had nineteen thousand, and t- without seeing the movie, because I texted this to my wife, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm reading it that I text my wife, wife, and uh, and I go, you know, Anna just asked if I had twenty thousand girlfriends. I told her nineteen, and she goes, "Is that because you're really good looking?" And I said, "That's the word on the street." <laughs> and uh, my wife was laughing, sent it to uh, her mom Joe, and then Joe responds, "She's like, my daughter's obsessed with you." I'm like, "That's weird." Because she is like yeah. five, yeah. But like, I'm taking the stuff, the stuff that comes out of kids' mouth, and then like what I'll do because my daughter's pretty good kid, you know, she's a pretty smart kid. Um, like if she had a good day, I'll let her drive the car. Now I know it sounds like I'm letting her drive a uh, <laughs> yeah, SUV. Kyle oh, drinks and oh, he drinks and the kid drives. <laughs> hey. Hey, you guys want to know something? A little t- so my dad was not a good dad growing up, and uh, he may have when I was like thirteen. We adults out here play softball and do wreck stuff. Yeah, you know? and he would go out and party with his buddies and smoke weed and get smashed and literally throw me the keys at twelve, thirteen. Says you got to drive me home, and we're like forty five minutes away from house. So that's the great parenting I got as a child. So we're gonna be like, son, you're gonna learn how to drive today. Oh, okay, like because my dad already had a Dewey, so that tells you what a great winner he was. So you know things like that. But with my daughter, I let her steer, and then I do the gas, right? And sure enough, the first time I'm doing, it, I'm like, oh man, if my wife finds out, she's gonna lose her fucking shit, right? <laughs> sure enough, we come driving down the street, and she's steering, and the look up my wife, I was like, oh, oh she just got home, and busted. But see, my wife is like really like the sentimental, beautiful things where it's like, oh my God, that's a dad spending quality time with his daughter. <laughs> and he's doing something sense. that I fucking hate. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, babe, you can't be that mad at me. So then I know I'm like safe. I'm like in that weird thing that's like, you know, uh, I'm like Switzerland, right? And World War II's <laughs> happening. I'm just sitting in the middle. Like, you can't be mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just in the middle, you know? <laughs> like, She's like, I want to be so mad at you right now, but it's so sweet. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of like my daily life, what yeah. I've been doing. Totally off the deck there. <laughs> yeah, way off center. Way off the rails. Yeah, so like, what the fuck is this episode about? <laughs> Nothing. They're never about anything. Yeah. But we get to the other stuff. We get in there. We're just, we're just, we're riffing right now, as the kids would say. We're yeah, riffing. definitely riffing. Yeah, we were... Uh... We're taking it along until uh, Pete wakes up. Dude, I thought he like has to get up early every morning. Uh, it's just actually, he's he's hoping to finish soon. So, for those who don't know, it's uh, well, it's almost eight o'clock at our time. We've been recording for forty-three minutes. We've actually been talking for over an hour. Almost two hours now. <laughs> we do tend to talk a lot. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Pete's been up since half two in the morning. So obviously he's uh, he's going to be tired when he gets on. He's having a great day. <laughs> but I, I, like you say, I can't see why people wouldn't have hobby weekends because 
if you if you don't have one, you need to make one because they just they are really good for the soul. Yes. Yeah, you just come re-energized. That's one of the reasons I was devastated about the uh, Horus Heresy weekend, the cancelling, because there was nothing better than that. It, you just come come home and you was just so excited, and it would last you about a good six months of excitement from the previous one, and then. The next yep. six months, you'd be looking forward to the the next one. Going, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. It it was just great just to be with other like minded, uh, well, gamers, hobbyists, everything really. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, everyone comes from forty k or fantasy background, and Games Workshop have a load of them style events. So it was. Not, it was nice to have that little niche, niche event, because when you watch, yeah. when you go into the hobby fest for Games Workshop and they're just showing forty k stuff, you know, obviously there'll be people who play both, but I'm more just exclusive heresy nowadays. I, it just wouldn't get me as fired up as what that weekender would, and just just talking about random parts in the books and stuff. Yeah, I think the passion that was at those weekenders was insane. I mean, I was lucky enough to go to, I think, four in a row. And yeah, like, every time I'd come home from England with A, a fucking ton of Forge World stuff, and B, you're just so fired up, because, like, everybody who's there, like, loves heresy, man. Like, it's so funny, because I don't think you ever meet someone who's, like, not all in on heresy. Like, no one dabbles in heresy. Like, when you get into heresy, you're fucking, you're in it to win it. And so it's, you know, a bunch of people like that. And then I think one of the coolest things for me was to meet all, like, especially the Forge World team, and to see, like, how much those people, like, love their job and how into the heresy they were. You know, because for some people, you're like, oh, this is probably just a job for them. But then you talk to them, like, the artists, the sculptors, the painters, and, like, you know, I know Gaz and I were lucky enough to sit in with Alan Bly and, a couple of his little uh, meet the creators, and you're just like, dude, these people love this shit as much as I do. Yeah. This is awesome. I think we've got all our books signed for, as well, yep. haven't we? You used to go get yeah. all signed by them. Yeah. But, uh, it was just, yeah. And I hope at some point they, you know, and yeah, I mean, I guess they need to combine it with other stuff, but I just hope they do at least one more Horse Heresy Weekender so then Kyle can go this time. We can all sit there and have a blast. I've I've saved my shekels, and see, I was going to go this last year, and then COVID, dude, it's dude. I just I want to do it just for the experience, right? Yeah, and I'm willing, and that I mean that should show us right now. I mean, Rick, you went to four. You live in Arizona, yes, and you got on a plane to go to England, yeah, London, England, to go see a show. Especially the first one I went to, like, dude, I was so poor. I I made shit for money when I went to that first one. But like, like people, you can save up. Like, it's a legit thing, right? Like, I guess, I guess we get so agitated. People are like, this is so expensive. That's a lot of my price. It's like, dude, save your shekels, man, and you can do cool things. Yeah, and the, and for me, like what I, you know, life obviously gets. It's like I have school. I was always having stuff, and it was like, all right, I'm done. 
Like I've completed yeah. everything, and now it's like, of course they're like, eh, it's psych. Um, yeah. But 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 the essence of doing it, because um, I think what happens, especially with like COVID, and you know, people have some people, not all, have kind of a morbid look on life now, right? And you should have two things that bring fun and humor and life, joy, and just joy and like. I mean, dude, Rick, you and I, I was, like, introducing Rick because we were just bullshitting in the store. No one was there. I was like, dude, check out this comic. And then we would watch tons of clips on YouTube and just laughing our asses off at comics yeah. and stuff like that. It, just, it was just cathartic to get in there and talk about nerd stuff 24 hours a day because yeah. I don't get that on a daily basis. Rick gets it because he works there at GW and, you know, and, like, not even trying to sound like that. Like, he doesn't have the same responsibilities. Yes. He has well, not his own responsibilities. Yeah, you have your own responsibilities, obviously, and you're taking care of yourself. But it's, like, for me, it was just great to, like, sever it all away and know, like, hey, I don't – don't do not do don't go to the extreme and be the dude who's always abandoning his family, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> two, three times a week or – taking your kids and parking them in a, in a stroller in the store and just ignoring them. Don't do that stuff, but do it like where you can go away. We like, we plan games, we plan to hang out and just bullshit, you know? And that's what it was. It was just great. It was just nice. Like, cause in a, in a daily basis, I'm probably like most people in the U S and probably not in, in probably in the world where it's like, I get up, I walk to my desk, I do my work. I get done and then I start making dinner, go get the kids, all this stuff. It's like, it's so repetitive. It's so mundane. <laughs> Excuse me. And then it's like to break that up and just go hang out and just talk about stupid shit. Right. I mean, yep. you know, because yeah, with the weekenders, I'd norm, me and Pete would normally share room. Uh, I think it'd be you and Lee, wouldn't it? Rick? Yeah, I was share. And I don't, we'd, get all the tickets and stuff, meet up with Pete, who's normally will just come straight from work. You'd have a pint ready for for him. And you you could see that moment of where the relaxation happens of, I've left all work behind now. Let's just talk about hobby shit. And yep. it was brilliant. It's, I, I can't recommend them enough. So what but, you're saying is Pete unbuttoned the top button of his shirt. Oh, no, <laughs> never that. his collar. No, never that. He took the tie off. He took the tie off. Yeah, put it around his head. <laughs> Rolled up his sleeves a little bit. Yeah. yeah. One, one cuff. One cuff, one link. Still, oh, still the best-dressed best man in the hobby by far. Oh, hands down. No one even comes close. Dapper as shit. Yeah. He's so, so he's like he reminds me of like a dude who's constantly going from one polo match to another and just <laughs> drinking tons of red wine and a beautiful like salmon colored collar <laughs> shirt and like red pants and he's just there to just like take in life. I love that so he had like the, the nightcap for his pajamas. I was like, yes. That is awesome. I was like, damn, are you waiting for the Ghost of Christmas Past to come and get you? Like, what's going on? Yeah, Ghost of Christmas Past comes and gets me. He's going to get an eyeful in my dingle dangle. <laughs> oh, the, 
if you're there, if you're the ghost of Christmas past, my life has gone fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> First off, so, you'd be standing over people creeping on them, breathing all heavy, like, wake up. Oh my God. Ghost of Christmas past. I just told you some shit. <laughs> you're like, uh, you're a naked ghost. Oh, I thought you couldn't see that. <laughs> Oh, so I should just go for, for Halloween. Oh, hang on. Oh, uh, okay. I thought, I thought Pete was uh, getting ready, but he's still on his way home from work. Still doing cool guy things. Yeah. Still on this top hat. <laughs> <laughs> still on tops and tails. Do you reckon he should smoke tops. a pipe, though? Oh, he totally should. Uh, no, he's more... Oh, okay. Yes, but then he's also have to have either cigar or pipe, but a smoking jacket is a must for both. I'm sure he has a collection of them. And he probably has it with his embroidered, has like his own family crest on it or something, and then has like his initials. It's a, <laughs> that's all monogram. There's a... All yeah. monogram, there we go. Because I hate smoking. I, I make no bones about it. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. And uh, but I always say to the people at work when they're all smoking, I says, if I was to smoke, it'd definitely be a pipe. Love the smell of <laughs> pipe smoke. I says, and I just think it'd be cool. Yeah, uh, but I there's... thought you were say if you're to smoke, you'd smoke crack. Well, <laughs> there's a there's a bloke. Who... I hate smoking, but crack. That's where it's at. <laughs> but there's a bloke at work. He has like Rupert the Bear trousers, a twirly mustache. A monocle <laughs> and smokes a pipe and I I keep saying that bloke is my hero <laughs> he's, he's about four four foot as well uh, and I just keep saying he's the coolest bloke I know on the railway <laughs> That's awesome. he is, he is so roughly he, my so hero is he, is he lollipop guild circa like 1892 oh definitely <laughs> <laughs> is it he could definitely pass off as a wizard. <laughs> he probably is a wizard <laughs> in his free time. <laughs> what does he go to platform? What is it? Nine and three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, we can't talk about J.K. We might get canceled. Yeah, don't talk she's about. She's not her. having. A, she's not having a good run lately. Yeah, rough twenty twenty for her. <laughs> she's yeah. I mean, really, she could go just like throw. T- she could what is it Scrooge McDuck dive through a bunch of coins <laughs> yeah like right. my my life and tears go out for her yeah <laughs> but yeah what? so highly recommend highly recommend boyfriend hobby weekend, week. or, gr- boyfriend or girlfriend weekend because if you're a girl who likes a hobby we down I get it go yeah. out and hang out hang out with your girlfriends and or boyfriends or whatever yeah right. talk yeah. about your legions the, yeah the hobby is for everyone but going back to uh, a little going back to what we was talking about I did actually email before all COVID anything <laughs> happened I think late last year or maybe January sorry this year uh, I did email Games Workshop and say you know we've all You've cancelled the weekend. Uh, you've got, I think, at that stage, they had events up until May. And it says, you've got all these events. And I've, I even, hang on, let's have a look. 
because I even <laughs> calculated how many. This was either this, like I said, December or January. And I wonder if I've got it. Do, 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 do. <laughs> the hate mail file you send again. No, <laughs> you never send hate because at the end of the day, they, they don't. They're not going to listen to that. That's true. You know, it's... they did respond to my Black Library incessant terrorizing, and they finally responded after six days. <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of it, we we all uh, we can all agree that heresy is uh, the second thing they have, isn't it? You know, so it's not it's not a uh, their primary That's income true. source. So. Let's have a look. But it, but it could be. Oh, it'd be. It'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? I mean, think about it. Like, so, I'm not here. How do I say this? Like, I'm not saying 40k K players wouldn't go and spend money on a weekender like Horus Heresy. I think it's more if it was a tournament. But the Horus Heresy fan base is more likely to go to an event like the Horus Heresy Weekender. If that makes I sense. agree. It's very yeah. convoluted. There's probably a better way to say that and not go around the very <laughs> way. Yeah, you took the scenic route in that one, but yeah. Hey, okay. well, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to be a little little bit of everything to everyone. Yeah. So <laughs> this was this was a fairly polite email, you know, just asking. Uh, but basically so f- it says early February looking forward to the weekend uh, obviously that's cancelled but so far you've put events up till May almost halfway through the year you have several 40k weekends five Age of Sigmar two Blood Bowl and an Underworld an Aeronautica Lord of the Rings and only remotely 30k type being Titanicus I said, I'm wondering, in five months, why is there now Horus Heresy events? And, you know, all polite, just saying, I know it's, you know, not the biggest one. I said, but can we just have some events this year, please, you know? And they said, well, we was going, we're having weekenders coming back. And then uh, COVID came. So they did email me all the events that was planned for. Horus Heresy, so I got all pumped up and then fucking COVID <laughs> came and ruined it, didn't it? But Yeah. As soon as you have them weekenders, they, it just fires you up so much. And let's face facts, it's money for them because <laughs> you, you go play a game and someone's unit will do something spectacular and you'll think, I need that unit now. Well, how much is it just to get through the door? Was it like a hundred bucks? Well, in fake American money, but like 75 quid or something. Like yeah, that. it's normally something yeah. like 50 to 70 quid for the weekend. But I've, if it's an event, your uh, food's all paid for. So, you know, you you eat in their dine, dining room or wherever. And then how many people would go? 100, 150? Oh, easy. Yeah, it's got to be 100 people. And then. It's not bad. But the weekenders, you know. In a hotel, they were a hundred pounds, I believe, for the tickets, and then yeah, seventy five or a hundred. I think it's a hundred to the end. 
Yeah, you get yeah. half the time you're buying the brand, the new book that's coming out. So there's another eighty to hundred pounds. Then there's the models yeah. on top. I mean, God, I don't even <sighs> want to think what the last one when Blood Angels come. I don't even want to think how much I spent there. <laughs> uh, what's that box there? Oh, it's the new Crimson Paladins. I'll have some of them. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, what do you want? How many sanguinuses do you want? Oh, I might have two. One with the, the spear, one with the sword. <laughs> you could magnetize well, like, them. Why don't you run a squad of them, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like an idea. You could magnetize <laughs> them. No, there's space for them. I'm not going to bother doing that. you like to party? Yeah. Go ahead and give me a squad of them. Yeah, because I remember the last one I was at was, uh, I think, the book seven drop. And I just remember because like, they finally figured out, remember that Friday night... You go queue up, and then you do all your new release stuff that night instead of braving it Saturday morning. So you just walk down the line. He's like, would you like a book seven? Yep. Would you like it? And I just went down. That was in the custodes and dropped them like, give me every fucking thing you have, custodes. Thank you. I Do you remember how enraged I used to get about people coming to the uh, hotel? Not with a ticket. And just coming in, buying the latest book. Probably two of and them. And then fuck them off. Putting one on eBay. No, you really, oh, fuckers. How can you yeah. not just stamp people's ticket to say, yeah, you're only allowed one? I think they started finally doing it to the end, didn't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, do you remember that one girl that would go get, like, all those books and then go have all the authors sign them? Yeah. It's like, you asshole. Because, was it, didn't she buy something like 10 black books? Yep. She bought yes. 10 black books and there was someone who'd come over from Canada and wasn't even able to get... Because it was a limited edition one, I believe. Yeah. Uh, book four and wasn't able to get And I, yep. I thought that was bang out of order, that was. Yeah. And then you see her like asking for help back to her room because she can't lift the 10 books. And I was like, I want to freaking throw you down the stairs. Yeah, I... I I was probably the games where I was just going, oh, sorry, your card's declined. Yeah, oh, sorry. Oh, oh, yeah, you have to pull more back and go and get your card checked out. <laughs> you I can give you one. Yeah, and it, even yeah. though it's working, just go, no, it keeps declining. There must be a button you can press just to decline it. Yeah, it just keeps declining. You have, you have to come back on Sunday when everyone's bought the books. Yeah, then so we can sort you out then. Yeah. If we have any left. Yeah, I mean, know. That's just cruntish, isn't just it? Ma- just manly enter and just do one digit off. Like, oh, fuck, it's just not working. I'm sorry. Yeah. <sighs> it's, oh, it's declined. Well, and then she has to go ring up the card company and get a new card sent out. So, oh, but I'm, I've got no money. Why? There's a bank. If you head over there, it shuts, shuts at two o'clock, so you've you've got about 20 minutes to get, get in there and redraw <laughs> some cash. Get a run on. So yeah. I think companies like obviously with like Indominus, I think GW starting to pull that together. Yeah, that, to realize. that was brilliant. That was how they did that. So and when I do a comparison, and Rick, Rick will kind of bet. So I love uh, flan. It's almost flannel weather here because it's like starting to get under 100, 100 degrees. Yeah, uh, there's, a company, <laughs> there's a company here in Arizona called Dixon. D i x x o n. So if you like flannels, if you're listening to them, oh, I love their flat. I was about to say we had the Dixons, but it used to be an electrical store and it shut down uh, probably like ten <laughs> years ago. Uh, now they're the flannels. 
Yeah, now they're finals here, and I love them, right? And I think they're amazing. So what they did was absolutely brilliant, but I think they started to see how a lot of their own customers were not getting to enjoy the product. So what they do is they would have, like, their own flannels, and then, um, like, they w- what they would do is they would make – you know, like cool things like they would do like a, what they would call their horror line. So they made like a flannel, like Jason's flannel from, you know, Friday the 13th. They would do like a Freddy flannel with like greens and stuff like cool stuff, right? Like limited stuff. And they'd sell them really cheap. What happens is people would come in and then just buy 40 of them, right? And then the aftermarket was just crazy insane. Like you would buy something for like 40 bucks and turn around and literally could sell it for 150 two days later because they're limited and they're sold out, right? And people wanted it. It was that crazy. So this year, what they did is they made a bunch of limited stuff, but then they would have so many quantities they wouldn't sell out. Now people are bitching that they don't sell out, right? So it's like no matter what you do, you're always going to be hosed, and it's better to have more than it is to have less because then ultimately your true fans are going to get it because, you know, with like – Dixon, for example, they have a countdown. It's like, it releases at 5 p.m. on this day. You better be ordering it within 10 minutes or it's sold out, right? Like, that's how crazy it was. Same thing with, like, the Indominus box. GW is like, wow, we way underestimated. Let's, let's fix that, right? That was and, the worst weekend ever. And so, like, if they did it at the weekend or with that lady, would be like, you get one, right? And then at the end, if you want more, we're going to make sure everyone at the show at least gets a copy if they want. Yep. So, yeah, not those cocksuckers on eBay. Yeah. Oh, those turd burglars. Oh, so it's for $700. I don't know what's worse. The person, the asshole doing that, or the dum-dum who goes on and bids like $700 on one of those boxes. Depends if they got that COVID stimulus check, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to spend all, all $1,200 of this on it. Well, like, uh, you guys had that one customer who bought a freaking $50 bottle of known oil just oh because he got a s- stimulus check. I was like, oh, I don't need the money. I just need the known oil, and I can't get it anywhere. <laughs> he spent $50 on... Yeah. Oh, a fucking idiot. Because when the stores were shut down, like, almost you all get the anything. stores were shut down. You couldn't get anything in it, and, like... You go on Amazon or whatever, like stuff was out of control. I was like, man, you should have told me I have like six. I would have sold them for whatever the price is. Because yeah, I'm right. a big dummy. I always walk in the store and like, give me an old oil. Give me an Agra Third Shade. So I have like 12 bottles of each. You know? So I was like, you should have told me I would have sold it to him for whatever the price is. But yeah, he, cause, and he said, because he got his stimulus check. He's like, oh, I don't care. I'll just pay yeah. whatever the price is. Like, yikes. I just remember when, like, we found out we were closing down or shutting down. We had one of the custom one of the customers in bought all six cans of black primer we had. It was, I was smart. That like, was like baller move. Yeah, just before uh, it shut down, obviously people. Oh, well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? When I was in my local store, I just said, "Yeah, I'll have a, a black primer just just in case," because I still had half a tin. Yeah, I was glad I did that. They couldn't, yes. they couldn't get that stuff for so long. It's untrue. But I said to all my mates, I says, if, if you need stuff prime, you just come around to the house and you use my black prime. It's no problem. Hobby's there to help each other rather than uh, profit off each other. Yeah, no right. kidding. 
I was going to say one of the main problems, just like what we had here in the U.S., it's like people freak out and then they stock up for no reason. Like we had Costco running out of toilet paper because assholes would buy like seven or eight things of toilet paper. And it's like, dude, you cannot theoretically shit that much in a year to use all that toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. Just buy just buy what you need. Because that's what I, you know, when the black primer was out, I went, there was a local store here. I was like, man, they have seven cans of black primer. I just need two. What yeah. do I need to get me through? So I'll buy the two and leave the five for the other people. Yeah. It's like a normal human. I brought yeah. one and I thought, if that runs out, I've got plenty of projects that I can go back to anyway. Yeah, so I weren't running out. And I definitely weren't worried when Four Drilled was saying, oh, yeah, we're going shut down for a bit because I thought I've got so much I don't need to. It pro- <laughs> yeah. It'll probably help me, to be fair. They should have shut down for longer. <laughs> 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 so they came back and got me with book nine in the line. Yeah, and the past, it would have saved me 400 quid when they opened. <sighs> Fuck me, that. And that, that was just the one order as well. Yeah, they got me for two books, and I only wanted one. <laughs> they double the trouble. Yeah. Most of mine was just impulse, though. I think that's just just at the checkout. Yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a soft back, back of book eight. So got one to go to the uh, club with. It's like, mm, there's 45 quid. That's because they add up real quick. Yeah, it's, it was because they cancelled that little uh, solar tank. The uh, Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> they brought it back. And I, yeah, I love that tank. And I always plan to have three of them. I absolutely loved it. I went to the store and they had them. And I thought, I picked up one and I looked at the other two and I thought, mm, they'll be lonely if I don't buy them. So there was 180 yeah, quid. The whole family, dude. It's like, like Genge, puppy, isn't it? If, you, if there's, you pick up your puppy and there's one remaining, you, you you don't want to break them apart, do you? No, it's an asshole move. Yeah, yeah, so I had to just buy all three. I'm glad they brought them no, back. You, you, need, back you need to take three because then they all have to fight for your love. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just... If anyone from Games Workshop does actually listen to this in the uh, in Nottingham, and they've got access to the computer systems, all I want is you remember that Solo Exilia poster they did. Yeah. Yes. I there's all the regiments there. There's two that I love the color schemes for. Can I find a picture of them? You know, blown up? No. And <laughs> it breaks me because that's that's the colors I want to do, but I can't find. I've put you on uh, Crusade and Heresy, you know, all these different groups, solo auxilia groups saying, if anyone's got this poster, I'll either buy off you happily or just taking it, you know, a close-up photo of these two uh, men, warriors or whatever, just so I can copy the colour scheme. I've, have them as, but nah, dead. It's like fucking hell, Crusade of Heresy. Virtually everyone who plays Heresy is on my uh, forum. How can no one have this poster? <laughs> so I got it and his mom threw it away. Didn't know what it was. Oh, the wife almost did that with some of my stuff as well. Like, what are you doing now? The, the biggest mistake I ever. I've, see, we just talked shit now for the last hour and 20 minutes. Biggest mistake I ever went through was in the uh, Ford Road store. And we was just leaving. And she come in and she saw all the red boxes. And she went, oh, you've got some of these red boxes, haven't you? And I says, oh, yeah. Which, to be fair to me, I brought them all before, you know, we met. When I was yeah. single. 
and I had loads of money. And she says, she looks for uh, one, it's 300 quid. Is the Pi Fair on? And she says, 300 pounds, this is really expensive. How do you like this? I says, oh, that's the Pi Fair on. I says, I don't have that. I says, but you know, that's 300 pounds. I says, I don't have that one. She went, oh, okay then. You know, I hope they're not that expensive. I didn't tell her that obviously I had a warlord, a stormbird, thunderhawk, a mastodon, a Orion, and I'm thinking, the Pipe Aeron is the cheapest one <laughs> of them all. Out of all of them. <laughs> and I'm he there going, no, I don't have that one. I don't have that one. I, I sent you your paint scheme for your solar ox in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's have a look. Is it just going to be, is it going to be kids' shit or something? <laughs> no, no, no. I can send you those. I have those, I have those uh, loaded up in the pipe and ready to go. <laughs> in the hopper. I think Maddox had a little bit in the hopper. I, yeah. Rick, Rick gets it, though. Like, uh, I, I'm i not a big fan of Solar Ox, but I always say they look like Scuba Steve from Big Daddy, and that's Scuba Steve's outfit, the red and the yellow. I'm Sorry, Scuba Steve. I'm Scuba Steve's dad. I'm Scuba Steve's dad. <laughs> Scuba Steve, damn you. The, the thing that, like, so... I think the background of Solar Ox are really cool, right? Like, oh, they're badasses. They have all this. But then it looks like they have this Baroque steampunk backpack contraption. It's like literally you're the you're the ones that held back the the, the legions. You you guys did with the little <laughs> scuba Steve setup. See, Someone's jealous. I I don't like I don't mind the backpack. It's the uh, Robo Santa head. Yeah, Robo Santa from Futurama. It's that helmet <laughs> that I don't like. Uh, how the eyes stick out. Yeah, that's that's the only bit that I'm not a fan of. Right. So, because uh, obviously this is a very organised podcast, and we don't yeah, just 100%. Chat, yeah, we don't just shut shit. I'm going to show you how organised we are now by saying Pete's forty minutes away. So. I suggest we just carry on talking shit to the listeners for forty minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll do uh, we'll do the rest of the book nine. So uh, there's a lot of nuggets in there. We talked about yeah. the virtues of boyfriend weekend. We <laughs> talked about scuba Steve, aka the Solar Ox, aka the Diver Dan's, aka yeah. what, what was that stupid movie with uh, uh, Bill Murray, the, the submarine movie. Oh, Steve Zissou. Yeah, Steve Zissou. Life Aquatic. Life Aquatic with the solar auxilia. Like, we've got a diver Dan on this one. See, I like those models. Of course you do. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever put them together? No, I heard they're a mess. Oh, fuck me, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I... I don't... Whoa, 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 wait, wait. They put together like they look? No, get out of here. Yeah. It's like, you, you stick the arms together and it's like, oh, I seem to be mi- missing about five mils of arm here. Yeah, well, where's his elbow joint gone? <laughs> yeah. It's, there's not often I, I'll, uh, I like to put get, uh, Forge World down, but yeah, they could have done a lot better job with them. 
it's always interesting, like, certain aesthetics they choose, right? Like, so I would have thought, if you're the Solar Auxilia, I mean, Imperial, whatever. Like, to me, the iconic, I guess, the, that era is, like, thinking of them, like, in these giant great coats with, like, the Shakos and, like, you know, the ornate Laz rifle and, like, a mask and everything. I was, I guess, surprised that they didn't go that route. Almost like, I guess, an early, you know, or a heresy version of the Vestroyans. I would have thought yeah. that would have been a very cool look. Well, I mean, you could. I think anyone you can make the the proper argument depending on what you do with emblems and stuff like that. You can just take those guys and marry them in. So that's why I think they went with that complete different aesthetic. Yeah. Where it's like we'll go completely over here uh, with it because at the end of the day, when we go over here, if you want to use Vestroians, then great. You know, I think we talked about it a ton of times. If I did, I mean, I love the Vestroian models. Love the Vestroian models. And that's what I would do for, like, a militia army or solar ox army. Yeah, I found someone. I found uh, one of those aftermarket sites that makes the Shaco head with, like, the mask on it, like Vestroians. And I was wondering, like, how that Is that, that, that Libra Chaotica? No, it's a different guy. I forget who it was. Oh. But I was like, man, how would that look on the, uh, not the Kasserkin, but the, Sci- the Tempestus Scions? See, did they come out before Sally Auxilia or after? Um, before. Before. Because I, I always thought they looked a bit more... Because they looked quite futuristic, didn't they? The Scions. Yes. And I thought that, yep. that was a bit like uh, Sally Auxilia as well. Yes. I've told Rick yep. about doing that army too. And you're like, I'll allow it. Yeah, I will allow it. By the graces of Rick, shall you <laughs> have that on me? Shall I bestow it upon you? See, that's what I'm saying. You just do that army, and then you put Shaco heads on it. It looks fucking rad. Solar Auxilia. There it is. Yeah, I wonder if... Because obviously they're moved, moving to all this uh, different kind of uh, computer printing and stuff like that. I wonder if they're going to try and uh, redo them casts of Solar Auxilia. Well, they're doing the 40k drop. I mean, I would love to see guard. That'd be cool. Yeah, they, something like that, like yeah. a different guard unit. Because as badass as badass as the Cadians are, they're awesome, right? I just think they look dated now. Yeah. Oh, know, dude, that's just, 15 years old, man. Right, but I mean, they're still great. I mean, they still hold up. Yeah, isn't that not nice? like you? You think like those? You compare them to like 90 percent of the other miniature companies out there. And this, like, 15-year-old model is, like, better than their <laughs> most modern stuff. Yeah. Do you want to hear something crazy? So, like, yeah. I was running Ontario Mills when that boxed army came out. Um, back in the day when GW used to sell box armies. And, like, the most I think we had done in box <coughs> armies, any any store that I worked with, like, 21 or something for the Tomb Kings, which was completely brand new, right? Yeah. We sold, like, almost 60. It was, like, something ridiculous, like, 55 of the guard ones because they were all brand new and like people are like oh i'll just start a guard army oh they got that banner bear in there and like dude yeah it was it was banana lands everyone was going crazy up close yes boxed armies i think the problem with the guard well, it's not a problem with the guard but when back in the old metal days they had so many goods 
different regiments. You know, yep. the desert rats. You had, you know, my favourite is the um, is it Mordian? The yeah, uh, Mordian Iron Guard. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely love them. You had the ones that I was always gutted I didn't buy. They, you know, that brought that. Uh, battle for Orcs Rift or whatever it was called. Oh, the the Praetorians. Yeah, I lo- absolutely love them. I'm so regretting not. That's probably my yeah, biggest. You have to because that's regret. your people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. And we all got murdered. <laughs> uh, well, that's what happens when you try to take over the world with your little fancy hats, swirling around <laughs> everywhere, setting up forts, and be like, yeah, Send from here to here, around. we now, from here to here is now the Queen's land. Have you seen that? Uh, as he is our uh, sketch on on it uh-huh. in the Lego, and they go just go around claiming it. This is our land. What is it? Look, your land because we've put a flag in it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a comedian on Hot oh, Camera. Remember his name on Netflix, uh, British guy, and he did a funny thing about like uh, British or how you guys would steal people's stuff and then not give it back. And it was pretty funny. He's like, he goes, wouldn't you be mad if you know someone nicked it, nicked your item, and you knew for a fact because they put it in a big giant building and then put a plaque next to it that they nicked it from you? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, in. and then so, you know, he like makes this argument for the person's like, well, you know, this is a, you know, it means a lot to our, you know, people culturally, all this stuff. He goes, okay, that's great, but we're not done looking at it, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. I forget. It was so funny. The skit was hilarious. And he's like, no, this is our stuff. Now get in line and you can look at it. So yeah. Can't have it back, though. Al Murray did the sketch. He says, you Americans were great. You went to the uh, moon first. We didn't because we didn't need to go there. It doesn't need a, tr- a railway line. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Anyway, this is going totally off subject. Back to uh, God. I, I think um, they just need to re- release some of the new, some of the old re- regiments. Yeah, it's it's tough. Well, it's not tough. And yeah, they just need to do that. Like, I think GW were, were just, you know, fiscally because it's like, oh man, like, you know, how much is that frame going to cost to develop that, you know, guardsman thing? But ultimately, at the end of the day, you can afford to do you know, multiple infantry units because they all share the same fucking tanks. Yeah. Like, I would, you know, I'd love to see, obviously, you know, Death Corps. I don't know if they're ever going to go plastic, but, you know, Death Corps, Armageddon, Steel Legion, Valhallans, Vestroyans, like, oh, it'd be fantastic to have those in plastic. Or even... Well, I think you have, I think you have the aspect where... Especially if you look at things, and and I know I might be asking a little bit too much from GW, but you know, and that rumor has been around forever. Like, find kits that are like, yes, and then make head swaps. Like, if you look at Steel Legion, and you're like, and Valhallans are pretty good, and we can get away with making some head swaps here and there that are on the screw. You're then making two units out of one box. Yep. You know, Morty and Iron Guard are obviously going to be a little bit difficult, but if you make them Praetorian heads, you're giving them options. Or right? just just so. make them as the elite, you know, command squad or something like that. You know, because they would fit yeah. their command squad quite well, and then if people want to do it, then, yeah, it's going to be an expensive way. But 
the options there rather than no option at all. Agreed. Yeah, people but, want options. Yeah, that that's going totally off the rails. Uh, like we have. Come on, Pete. Get home. We need someone to uh, put us back on focus. <laughs> he needs to get the let out. So, just going on, because I know it's been mentioned a few times, and obviously Matt mentioned it, where he says about uh, he doesn't play with his... Uh, fuck, I can't, can't forget can't think what it's called artificer armor yeah basically Matt's belief and to be fair it's quite a belief in our local scene is not every sergeant should have artificer armor pure not from a gaming point of view but from a fluff point of view hmm I can see it you know yeah it, it seems odd that a tactical sergeant would have artificer armor over you know obviously maybe in a special unit that they would have it but you know it's it's more of a uh, fluff reasons he doesn't take it rather than uh gaming reasons could that lend to could that lend to his legion though so there's like if you're blood angel or salamander or iron hands why wouldn't you have it on Everyone, yeah, because every every piece of armor is supposed to be a work of art. Yeah, I can I can definitely see some of them legions, you know, having it rather than others. But you know, I think it's more of a uh, it's become too uh, commonplace. You know, yep. it, when you have a three thousand points uh, battle and every single sergeant in that three thousand points per side has artificer armor. You know, it's maybe if going forwards, if there was to release, uh, say, new red books, I would say drop Artificer Armor probably from the Tactical Squad for sure and the Tactical Support Squad. So to give you like a, a little idea why I do it, for me personally, I feel like I'm forcing my opponent to then spend the investment. Because here's the thing, if I take a power sword, I'm taking a gamble that you may or may not have the artificer armor. But if I feel like if I'm going to take a power fist, I'm at least, you know, making you make that purchase, right? And I don't always, Rick will tell you, I don't always do that. But I'm like at least making you like, what are the odds that your sergeant's going to have a power sword and go against, you know, artifice armor is going to happen pretty, pretty, you know, fairly often. So I look at like, well, if I take an ax or a power fist, I don't need to invest in artifice armor because you're probably then taking that. So you're going to probably kill me anyways. So it's going to be like an even trade. So I can save points that way. So I could see exactly where he's coming from. Um, but we look at it as things like playing my, you know, headhunter to Leviathan, right of war. If I start picking out targets and you're failing tests, that can go sideways for you real quick. Like, you know, because Rick and I played a games where he didn't have, and it's like, Ooh. oh, 
who's your <laughs> who's your who's your uh, vexillarious guy he's dead who's your you know uh sergeant he's dead oh where's your apothecary now i'm picking them out because all they have is ap3 and i'm rolling sixes and i have main main strike ammunition so it's a tough like if you know who you're playing you could obviously craft your list a little bit like that um if i'm playing in a tournament where points are probably going to be a little bit more sparingly if it depends if it's like a 2000 to 2500 at 3000 points that everyone's getting artificer armor that's just easy peasy um but i think what his strategy is is great because he could say i'll take a power fist and just leave my guy in three plus armor save because if you take a guy with artificer armor we're both still not getting a save yeah and i and my guy's cheap um I mean, I think some people just argue with the artificer army. It basically means power swords are useless, which, to be honest, I don't agree with. I love power swords. I think they, especially as a Blood Angel player, where I get plus one initiative, and power swords can be brutal. You know, that's why all my apothecaries always have a power sword. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's definitely a... Uh, in our meta, it's yep. Yeah, my assault marine has artificer armor and a power axe, and then uh, my my sergeant also has the same. So they just kill each other. So it's I think it's more of that. And like he says, with the with so much artificer armor, would it would the legions have had that much of it? Like I can understand where you're saying iron hands and salamanders definitely would. Yeah, maybe Iron Warriors a, a, a bit as well, but yeah, I think there's definitely an argument for him to say, should we have this much artificer armor? Because I mean, ten points. I mean, it's a, it's, great, it's a great, it's a great argument. Yeah, it's a great argument. I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, I think it's it's. It's how the the designer of the army looks at it. Like at three thousand points, you're like, of course, I'm just gonna throw an artifice mm -hmm. armor because it may. That's fine. I have points to to spare. I mean, if you're looking at two thousand points, you're like, ooh, that ten points can come in really handy somewhere else. I mean, you well, know? we've also got to take into account that these units were made eight years ago. You know, there's unlike. I mean, how many editions of forty uh, k have there been and codexes? You know, we're still using the same tactical squad that was designed eight years ago. So there's an argument for, you know, an update of, you know, adding and minusing things. So here's the, an interesting debate, and Rick probably remembers this, not debate, I have it somewhere, I have to dig it up on my computer. So one time on vacation, this tells you how nerdy I was. When I was in doing my master of business admin statistics and everything, I went through for every unit that had come out at the time, every possible unit. And what I did is I used the baseline of what a tactical Marine was as far as I mean, for Horace Hersey, what his save was, his toughness, all that stuff. And then it was a way to point adjust based off that baseline. Right. So um, a lot of the things that obviously you had big fluctuations, right. And basically value per unit 
as I was calling it, value per unit. So your baseline is, so if you have a linear graph, right, zero is your tactical Marine. And then depending on their build, builds, they would fluctuate, which would be a plus on that scale, right? So like if you're like, okay, I'm going to take a boarding Marine, right? Boarding Marine would go up because he has the shield and he has access to special weapons and other things like that. But he would go down to the minus because of his point cost, right? So it kind of find that balance of, yeah. while it has bonuses, it also has, so it had such a steep buy-in, which would be a negative. And what it was was the was a way to lessen the variance between each like cost of unit. It's totally super nerdy, and I did it, and it was really cool because it's funny because like the Night Lord Raptors, I went and I looked it up, um, were very close to what I suggested their point should be, mm. based on you know, and just using that foundation as a baseline because if you look at it you know we're talking about a tactical marine from eight years ago the tactical marine is probably the best representation i think of any edition whether it's 40k or 30k of what a tactical marine should do yeah it's a base dude with a bolter for its points cost right and then obviously you can upgrade it with close combats and stuff but what i did was based on basic what is their raw weaponry that they have and so, like, you know, you, you have a bolter with the tactical marine. That's, like, your baseline, right? So if it's a raptor, well, you have a jump pack. How does that go in? So, like, so what I would do, this is going to get it super in the weeds, right, is I would use that tactical marine to find out what the value of an assault marine is, right? Then the once you know the value of the assault marine, you can then go on to a night raptor unit, right? Because now you're having its base foundation of what it's built off. And that's how it would shrink that variance. So obviously you want a Raptor squad to be more than an assault squad, but not so out of whack that it was. That, that makes sense. That Raptor squad's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. So, but it's really, but it needed that point drop that it was. I'll have to pull it up and I'll, I'll email it to you as an Excel spreadsheet, but basically went through and it listed. So basically, it gave point value. I think and so when we were having that Night Lord discussion with Matt and stuff, I wanted to talk about that report that I did. Basically, showed that Fearless was worthless. Like its points value was a net gain, a negative net gain on it. There was no value to it whatsoever. In fact, it's less of a value because it's being added into the cost of that unit, right? So it's like, oh. Well, you have this special ability, so you're going to be more points. Well, actually, that special ability isn't very good, statistically speaking. Do you so mean, you're actually penalizing me. Do you mean cause fear rather than fearless? I mean, sorry, cause fear. Yeah, okay. The, I was about to say, fear. when no, you said fearless fe- is badass. Yeah, so fearless, fearless is, is pointless. Badass. I was thinking, what? <laughs> yeah. Rewind it, fear. So yeah. because it was mentioned the Night Lord. So yeah, with fear, you're... It's not that it de- is not effective, but the odds of it happening, the odds of it actually, you know, exploding and doing that exploded nature of it, where it's like, okay, now it's going to happen. Because it's like, when it does hit, it hits so well, right? So it's like, oh, your weapon's go one, which is crazy, right? If you think about it. But the odds of it happening and exploding for that to happen is almost next to nothing. See. But I don't it's know. Given I, a value that it's, increases. It's only that price. five points, though, isn't it? 
Right, but it could that should be just an inherent ability that they have with no point cost. Uh, like you should cause fear. See, I, I would always go for five points for you. Is that Rick snoring? Could be. He could have passed out. <laughs> I, I told you. I told you he's nerdy. And got into the weeds. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I don't think he's joking. I think he's oh, passed out. I think he is. <laughs> That's too funny. I just texted him awake now. So I am awake. Yeah. <laughs> You're sleeping, bro. We have it on record. I'm tired, man. You're like, because <laughs> it's funny because I was talking about statistics. You you, you were false because you didn't respond. Remember when I did that statistical? Oh yeah, the analysis of all the like, units. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's what I was talking about. And then I was like, this is gonna be totally too, totally nerdy, and some of you are gonna fall asleep, and this is what we hear. The <laughs> <laughs> oh, was like, oh, he's messing with us. No, he's not responding. He's asleep. Oh man, I'm fucking tired. One of our uh, mates, is, when you used to play c computer games like online, he'd always get drunk and then fall asleep while playing it. And you just you'd oh. run past his character, his face would be head down, and you just hear this snoring over the constant game. And everyone used to lose <laughs> their shit. And who the fuck's that snoring? <laughs> That's awesome. I have to oh, say that it's just... pretty impressive that you did wake up to a text. Yep. Dude, it's like literally like right by my hand. <laughs> oh man, what time is it then, man? <laughs> That's awesome. I put you to sleep with statistics. I have hit a new like level. Ronin. Well, you see, it doesn't it doesn't go well for the uh, people who are listening then. No. <laughs> we'll probably get some hate mail for uh, latest episode then. Ah, whatever. Well, Can't like, can't all be gold medal efforts. No. <laughs> but none of it is. You're back. Hey, you just rested your eyes. That's it. You're back in it. Yeah. Back in the fucking mix. Yeah. You got an orange slice at halftime. You're ready to roll. Yeah. That's Sorry. Cool. Some of us have to work at a games workshop tomorrow. <laughs> you drink some pickle juice. You're good to go. You're back oh, in it. Gross. Dude, that's so good for you. We used to drink that at halftime in football. If you were like, what? if it was hot, hot out, you didn't know that? For like electrolytes and stuff like that. I mean, you could probably just do the same thing with the Gatorade homes. Uh, no, that's for pussies. So Drink pickle we... juice, I would puke everywhere. Yeah. Well, because it makes your tummy a little spoiled. Rick is like one of the toughest dudes I know and one of the weakest stomachs that I know ever. That is that, pretty cool. That's his kryptonite. <laughs> I take that as honest. You said I'm one of the toughest dudes you know. You are, but that, your weakness is your tummy. Do you You're know like, what that oh, room? That didn't go down. That didn't go down too good. And then he's like shitting his guts out five oh. minutes later. Dude, it's funny because you know what that reminds me of. Remember when I had the goiter? Oh shit! And uh, and I remember because we're sitting there and you're like, bro, you're a pretty tough dude and you don't ever complain about pain, but you are breathing so heavy, you need to go to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the old goiter, dude. Oh my god. 
because uh, the kid, one of the kids that comes in our shop, he has a goiter above his eye. No, you gotta go get that shit lanced. He, well, so yeah, he went in. He's going if like because they put him on antibiotics, and if it's still there uh, next week, he's going to get it lanced. So I told the story of the goiter. Oh my god, dude, that story was so funny, dude. When you showed it, you when it you him? showed us, oh, we would you. And then he called me in the office. He's like, Kyle, you have to see that. I'm like, Gallard! It looked like a crime scene. You know, then I had to go to the hospital or go to the urgent care. Yeah. Woof. You're like, Kyle, it really hurts. I'm like, dude, you don't ever complain about anything. What the fuck is wrong with you? Go to the doctor. <laughs> dude, all, in my entire doctor. life, that's one of the most painful things I've ever had. Dude, you were like, it hurts when you, I think you told me, like, it hurts to put on your basketball shorts. So it's like, dude, if that hurts to put on the basketball shorts, go. Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, go to the doctor. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, so dude, that was that was before, like, all those weird, like, pimple popping shows came on, you know, like Dr. Foot or whatever it was. And they yeah. And, like, all that shit, dude, that was so gnarly. It was and then super you had gnarly. A, and then you had to do a heating pad, and then it popped. Oh, my God. Your quad, your quado, like quad. Quaid. Oh man. Right. So uh, after all that shit intro, I think we <laughs> should move into uh, book nine. And finally, Pete's managed to turn in. All right, Pete. Hello. So this is the first time. This is going to make for great uh, podcasting viewing because he's not actually wearing a shirt. And I think that's the <laughs> first time I've ever seen him not in a shirt. Yeah, not in a yeah. collar. Yeah. I'm so sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> no, you're not. No, I, I'm so tired and this was comfortable to travel in. So that's why. <laughs> I reckon he's actually just uh, got changed out of his shirt and tie. Just to quickly <laughs> took a jumper on. So so he says, I don't always wear a shirt and tie. I mean, I, I, ju- I just want to relate to you. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. I want to relate to you, yeah. <laughs> to Kyle, to Rick. And that's what I want to do. And so, you need to cut the sleeves off yeah. that thing, man. I mean, let's not go too far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with the you peasants. Would, you would, but it would be... It would be clean, and then it would have been folded over, and then it would have been sewn to make a nice. Yeah, it would be. You're frayed. not going to look like Belichick. It wouldn't be frayed at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if it goes with the moleskin trousers though. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyway, so what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about all the negatives with book nine. No, we're good. not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk just about kicking uh, that, just kicking that door open. Yeah, just putting it there for you guys. If you want to talk about uh, anything about it, or do we want to talk about the units? Is that is that going to be a focus, Gaz? Well, we can focus. We can talk about the fluff because I think we've all read a bit more about the unit, uh, the war, and the Dark Angels, and being the best. You know, debatable. <laughs> so. Uh, Come on then, guys. What do you think of uh, all the fluff? Let's go all in on it. Do you think it was, certain things were great or other things were poor? 
for me, I liked all of it still. I've pretty much read through the entire book. I'm a big fan. Like, I don't know. I don't think it's, it's just tough, right? Because I love that Legion so much. So I'm like, okay, do I like this because it's the Dark Angels? Or do I like it because it's actual legit fluff? And so to me, I think it's just as good as the rest of the stuff that they've done. So I'm a fan. Yeah, I think I, I think that one of the real strengths of this book is is the background they developed for the Dark Angels. You yes. guys covered it last in the last show. Mm. There is just so much in here. They've done such a good job of uh, talking about the different orders, the different wings, how it all worked, how some people knew certain bits, and essentially how how little the Lion cared for the rest of the Imperium. Yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't care. He he understands his place. He understands the role the emperor's made for him and um yeah, it's it's just a it's just a badass. Yep, he's like I'm not here to be anybody's friend or mentor. I'm here to kick ass. Yeah. Well, I think one of the I was going to say for the book for me, the more I've had it in my hand, I think it's solid. And I think they did an actual really good job of tackling all the wings and everything. Cause you think about it and we talked a little bit and maybe one of the negatives we can bring it in and, and it's not really a negative is I think maybe game wise for a, a dark angel player, I think you might get stuck in the trap of trying to do too many things. <laughs> and upgrading too many characters, right? And that can become a point sink for you. But I think they did a, a great job in really balancing the narrative and then the gameplay of the Dark Angels and gave all, the Night Lords all the... Because you can't forget about that part, too. Yeah. The background. They gave them all the little bumps that they, they needed and have been waiting for for quite a while. Yeah, I think that's... I think you've hit the nail on the head when it comes to criticisms of the book. No, number one... They did show a couple of Horus Heresy Weekenders what was going to be in the book, uh, and a lot of that is not. So, yeah, okay, you got the Dark Mechanicum stuff. We've discussed that before, but there were other things that they talked about that never made it in, and we have all paid the same price for a smaller book. So there is that part, and everyone's got a view on it. Personally, I'm I'm disappointed that the price is is what it was because why would i not be it's it's two-thirds of the normal size but i'm not that disappointed that i wouldn't recommend buying it now so but i think you you would bang on kyle when you spoke about the the potential point sinks that happened and i just feel that the the idea what you can get in a lot of rights of war for other armies um, and in their special rules, you pay a heavy price for with the Dark Angels. I mean, Gaz, you spoke before. We spoke before about how actually, if you hone your army, if you're if you're skillful with your selection, it, it works fine. But I think I think people will take an approach where they try to upgrade everything. Yep. And and in trying to do that, they'll look at it and go, "Well, this is this is rubbish." And so you'll end up, because they're paying so many points, and they'll end up not taking it. But at the same time, I think when you do spend that, that amount of points, you are getting a better unit than everyone else's. So it's, like I said, 
just said uh, you have to decide what rules will benefit you and when you're playing uh, when you're honing in your legion you tend to find out what the what are point sinks what you know or should I take like we're talking about Chad uh, taking 20 man assault squads to me 13 to 15 is the ideal number that that extra five is just a point sink that you don't really gain too much from it and i think when you're when you start playing this legion you'll decide well hang on a minute i don't need this unit to have this item i can drop that there but if i want my combat monsters to be even more combat monsters i don't mind spending that little bit extra to gain this rule yeah but do you think you it's... actually make combat monsters well with the rules I, f I wouldn't yeah okay maybe not combat monsters is maybe the wrong choice of words but at the same time for 25 points you don't have to use them but it's an option you know no other legion gets these options it's like saying it's like having your normal units and then having the option of making them a specialised unit. You don't have to use them. It's like having a tactical squad and a uh, veteran tactical squad. If you want just normal tacticals, just have them. But if you think, oh, I could do with this unit being good at something specialised, then go for the veteran tactical squad. You pay you pay the more points, but you get a cool rule, which will help in certain scenarios. And I think that's the part you have to be careful with you don't need every single one and i think it'd be wrong to presume that the dark angel as a legion would have someone from them wings in every single single tactical squad or you know yeah. assault squad but when certain scenarios dictate then they might pull them in if you want if you know you're going to face a mechanican player then make it so you can uh, get monstrous creatures or you know whatever their rule the rules there but if you you're going to a tournament then you have to start deciding well which will benefit me more in the long term i think it, like everything you just got have a balanced approach you, you don't well, I, think, I think i think the play the okay i think the playability of the army is easy I think that where the learning curve is going to come in very heavy for players is learning on how to build their list properly. So it's going to take a lot of play testing to find out what is going to maximize the points. Because I think there it could be a little bit of both, right? It could be, yeah, you got to do all these cool stuff and you can make really good units, but are you going to want to do that for every unit in your army? Are you going to do that for every character? And that's where I think... The player is going to have to learn that learning curve on the list building aspect. To me, it almost runs kind of like similar to building a Thousand Suns army, right? Because that has the potential to get massively out of hand when everything's Brotherhood of Psychers this, Psyker that, you know. Or I think you're going to have to be very deliberate when you build that list and kind of have an idea like what's going to do what and create, you know. I, for lack of a better word, a synergy in your army. Like, this is how it's going to function. I mean, you know, like you talked about, you do, you know, five sergeants or five characters. Dude, that's 125 points, man. Like, you just did, you just took a tactical squad's worth 
of scions in your army. Whoops. Yep. And like it says, it's an option. You don't have to take these things. No, no, no. So yeah, if, absolutely. Good. If you if you don't like them, then just don't take them. It, 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 I think it's hard to be mad at something when you don't have to like, do it. Yeah, that's something that gives you options. Yeah, it's no other legion can do this. I mean, what is it? Rerolls to Overwatch. Uh, you Overwatch a ballistic skill two instead of one. Okay, so, so uh, it's the gun. That, yeah, it's the gun that re rerolls, isn't it? So yeah, you don't need that on every unit, but if you're if you're worried about certain, these are going to be my objective units. And I know last turn in the game, they might get uh, charged by an assault squad, which has probably had, is being pounded through the game anyway. So he's probably got a few missing men. It might just be that little uh, few men that will take, uh, which will stop that charge. But at the end of the day, what unit would you have that on? It's it's a it's a decision you have to pick where you'd get either the best benefits or is it worth it? Because twenty five points is a lot of points, so you have to make sure that it's going to be correct. Yep. Because that twenty five points, if you want to boil it down, that's two and a half marines. Yeah. So whatever you're getting is that worth two and a half marines? In the ability that's giving you, like, I, mean, and that, and I don't think we argue that they can't be good. I just think it's a early on people are going to get sucked into that trap of loading up their characters, and then realize, wow, I was I didn't have enough units to hold objectives, or I didn't have enough ca good counterpunch because I spent two hundred points on upgrades. You know, I mean, the Deathwing one. Would you have that on a sergeant? Uh, well, no, maybe a, your main character. If he hasn't got a mastercrafted weapon, to be able to re-roll uh, to hit in a challenge, it's it's quite a good rule. Yep. Especially when you're swinging like a power fist, you're not getting a ton of attacks. You're like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like Pete kind of mentioned, I don't think we don't think they're not good right i just think for the unsuspecting player who's not prepared you can get caught yeah and and next thing you know you're spending a bunch of points and you're not getting the stuff you need to play the game because let's say let's say even if you spend 100 points right you're getting almost like two and a half javelin or two uh, javelin and a half at that point worth of points i mean that's the thing you have to be careful of how it can add up and i think rick brought up a great point when you're looking at thousand suns thousand suns have all those special things you can do same thing you get you start doing this and that and adding this guy's got this little special thing it could be a point sink real quick like so yeah i mean some of my blood angel units that i've played i'm not saying they're bad units or but it's like when you use them, you have to use them rather than the sledgehammer like you'll have, say, Red Butchers. You can just throw them at things knowing they're going to just murder. These are more of a scalpel unit 
where you have to yep. be precise, you have to know what they're going to go in. And when they hit that unit, yes, they will kill it, but there's so many other units they can't go against, and that's where you have to be precise. And it's going to be like that with these. You you won't be able to take them all, and they're not auto wins. But when you get that, when you have that rule on the right things, it makes a massive difference. And that 25 yep. points can all of a sudden seem quite cheap. So, so I understand that, Gaz. I just think, so you, you brought up the sign of the death wing one. So for 25 points, you reroll the first failed to hit. Well, why not mastercraft a weapon? I'm just saying if you uh, can't mastercraft a weapon. So, so I know, okay, we're talking normal. So it can be characters or sergeants. I get that. Yeah. Part. So if you say then, a power fist, like you, like Rick's just said, you can't mastercraft a power fist unless you're uh, salamanders or something, which obviously that won't matter. But the great sword, that's not mastercrafted. So you bet if you've got a man with a uh, great sword, then that uh, death ring one would benefit him. No, it would absolutely. But for twenty five points, what else could you give him? You know, there's there's a lot of other entries as opposed to a failed roll to hit reroll. Oh yeah, I mean, would I take that? I don't know if I'd take it to be honest. You know, and, and and so what I was what I was getting at. So the sign the the sign of the stormwing that you spoke about before, ultramarines get that as their unique right of war. The that's one of the the rules that comes with it that you pay nothing for. Yes, you're constrained in how you build your army and and because of the limitations that the right brings, but they, you can get that. Other there are other ways in other armies to get this without paying twenty five points. That's my only criticism. I, yep. I I think the rules are great. I just think that so you've got you've got the scions under the hexagametron, then you've got the 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 sticker. Where you you pay another twenty five points, so that's fifty points already being paid if you wanted to to add on those bits, and then to make the most use of it. So let's say you were running the right where you put the centurion into a tactical squad. So you have to pay fifty points for a centurion. You're going to maybe pay another fifty points just to get a, an extra reroll or maybe an extra ballistic pippa ballistic skill on Overwatch or or whatever it might be, whichever one you take. You're then going to add on another 25 points to to boost him a little bit it, as a combat person. Then you've got to equip him. It just it's it's a lot of points for a guy that's you know is attached to a tactical squad. And but you don't have you know, to. No, you don't have to. You don't it's, have to. It's uh, it's your choice. This is what I'm trying to get at. That it's it's nice to have that option. You don't have to use it. And you're saying about is, the. Uh, but, but Ultra what we want is uh, right of your rule. Well, mm. the Dark Angels get their rules as well, so they always hit on a say three plus. But they yeah. get this as well if they want it. Yeah, but that—that's what I'm saying. We all want to see this on the tabletop because we all love the fluff and the rules, and it all—it just screams Dark Angel to you. It's great. First Legion players should be absolutely happy. I just think the what will end up happening is you'll either see tiny armies with overloaded people that get crushed by more balanced and larger forces and so people react negatively to this or you don't see it because people go well what's the point i'll just run the the, the right of war 
I, 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 the 25 points piece is the part that I, I query. I just don't know if it's, if it sits right or a blanket 25 points. They're all 25 points regardless. Well, what if some were a little bit cheaper? Yes, I, I could see some of them being better. Well, you have got some that are better than others. I mean, there's one, the Iron Wing, where it says, I let you all have crews shaken instead of crews stunned. Just take extra armor. You know, so, e- so, extra, but... extra armor is 10 points, isn't it? Which does exactly the same thing. Yeah, but is is so that so that one? Am I right? Is that for people shooting at tanks? When rolling on a vehicle damage table, a unit with the Legion of Legion Asteris Dark Angels special rule that indicates at least one model with this special rule counts as all crews shaken as crews stunned instead. So if you're say on a, I'm guessing if you're in the transport of say a Spartan, then if you get a crew shaken, you're not uh, but move or shoot, and you just get to still move. But why wouldn't you just take extra armor? Yeah, is crew stunned worse than crew shaken? Yes. Yeah, I thought this was you shoot at a yeah, tank. Yeah, because you, you're rolling on the vehicle damage chart to damage somebody. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's, it's not oh, for your I, own I, tanks. I, oh, sorry, I'm I'm reading it the wrong way round. Oh, yeah, okay. it's it's when you target vehicles, you you can make it a pit worse on the damage table. Which, to be fair, against what, certain units would be fantastic. Because what shaken is, or shaken's what can only snapshot, and then is it yeah. stunned? Can't stunned. move and can only snapshot. Yeah. 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 So if especially against something, uh, say a. Uh, Contemptor or a dreadnought Oof, yeah. to stop them doing that move, but at the same time you're not going to put that on a normal tactical squad. That needs to nope. go on a heavy weapon squad. Mm-hmm. So if you know if you're shooting something, say plasma cannons, you've got a heavy squad of plasma cannons because I think if if you're doing that with last cannons or missiles, you're very unlucky. So if you have some auto cannons, maybe another shout. If you're hitting a contemptor, you need sixties to wound uh well damage a contemptor with auto cannons. So you get you get them two uh penetrating hits. All of a sudden you roll shit. You you're not going to destroy him, but to neutralise him for that turn, that is power, quite powerful. It it is, but you I think you I think you kind of hit the nail on the head by saying you get it better with that. So when you're building your list, in order to get that, you've got to buy a character that you're then going to have to sit with your squad to give them that rule in the hope that you might, or if we hit a tank. Whereas you could just buy a last cannon squad and know that when your 10 guys hit the, the tank, it's going to die. Well, yeah, but you just give the sergeant that, don't you? You don't have to give it to a character. Any character subtitle or independent rule, you just give it to the sergeant. Oh, I suppose. But... You, so you saw you make That's the sergeant. Yeah, you you sergeant. Like I look at yeah, like the hexagrammatron stuff. I would give to sergeants, and then the hecatonky stick or whatever. That's what I give to characters. Yeah. Or the dependent characters. I mean, you could do either or, but yeah, yeah. 
No, you are, you are right. You, you're right. Is in if you take this on every uh, every model, then that's that's just crazy. You know, like, and it's funny because I mean it gets you know expensive, but I mean like they all have varying you know mileage, like the sign of the stormy, right? Like the snapshots, like an attackable squad. You're like mm, kind of cool. You do that on like attack support squad with like plasma. Or heaven forbid you take, you know, the internet's favorite weapon, the plasma repeater, which is already <laughs> twin linked, and then you fucking do that, man, like that's fucking pain train city. No one's wanna no one's gonna wanna charge that unit. I mean granted it's expensive, but you'll fucking obliterate people. Yeah, i like like we says, I think it's just you have to just be really careful. And it, there will be games where you just it will be a wasted points. Like anything, yeah. you, especially if you've just painted that unit. If you just painted that unit, that unit's dead first game. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I just Absolutely. put this sign on the Deathwing transfer on this sergeant. Yeah. And he got his head punched off in challenge. The, Fuck. That's my biggest recommendation. If you've just painted a unit, don't give them that, this. No matter how good they are, don't give them one of these because they will be wiped off the table for probably the first three games. So yeah. I, when they're a veteran unit, then you start looking <laughs> you at these. Them in. Yeah, yeah. I still, I still, I still maintain that some of them are a little bit overcosted. There's the term that people love. Oh, love it. <laughs> so Rick got a Rick got a 30k boner right now. Yeah. Oh, overcosted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I used it deliberately for that reaction. Oh, I know. Uh, I know you did. <laughs> I mean, but I do. I, I do think there are. Sorry, I just. I think that the Dark Angels in particular just suffer a little bit from uh, a blanket approach to to pricing. The Dark Angel, uh, the Night Lords rules, I thought were fantastic. In comparison, I didn't find you know the update that they that they got compared to this new list. There was um, the, there was nothing really to critique. And just having having playtested some ideas, you know, created lists myself and whatnot, thinking about should I should I do a Dark Angels army? Um, I just found that no, nah, it, it, for me it doesn't. I I don't know, just didn't tick my boxes the way I thought it was gonna when I first read it. Yeah, see, I dig it. I mean, but also too, like that's the comparison, right? Like the Night Lords, how long have their rules been out for? Years, right? And this is where this is the first shot at Dark Angel rules. So, you know, I can see stuff getting FAQ changed, you know, points changed and stuff like that. But this, you know, like A plus on creativity, incomplete on functionality on the battlefield. Yeah, I'll say. I, I think at the obviously we're recording this and it's been out well about a month or so, so six yeah. weeks yeah. maybe. Yeah. I think for us to start saying it's overcosted or undercosted is a bit early. I know other people are claiming that they know better and stuff. I can't see in current climate people playing that many games really. Yeah. I think people are just points hammering here at the moment. So, you know, once things start to return to normal in six months, if people say, yeah, it's overcosted, no problem, I can agree with that. But at the moment, I think people are just jumping on the bandwagon of wanting things cheaper when, I don't know, 
I think some things uh, maybe you take. And I I totally agree with Peter's point of maybe some need to be cheaper than others, because there's certain ones here. I think well, I wouldn't pay twenty five points for that, you know. But if it was ten points, then yeah, I'd probably pay that because that yep. you know that couldn't uh, benefit the odd units. Where some of them, I think, maybe are twenty five points. But I think, like well, anything, it, it's just... I was going to say... Go ahead. No, no, go on. I was going to say, maybe from that... I think an angle we have an approach to that, and maybe I just had an epiphany right now and just kind of thinking about it. Maybe their approach is to do a blanket cost so you're not having people tailor their list specifically. Like, oh, well, I'm going to take this one because this one's 10 points and it's so much better than the one that's 25 or the one that's 15. So I'm just going to take this one. What they're doing is saying they're all 25 across the board and some may be better than others, but you're paying an equal price across the board. So that can be a way for them to design the game to play how you want to. And you may see a, a more of a mix that way because now they're equal price. They're all 25 points no matter what. But I, I think what they're doing, what they're doing is they're kind of pushing back like hey you can't just pick and choose the low point costs and then not use the other ones they're going to be more you know points and so i think they, they you'll do that to create more variety as a byproduct so i think that's exactly why they've done it that way i think you're right kyle i think that what that leads to though is so the cheap whichever ones are cheaper they're cheaper because they're not as good. So when you take, so people will still pay 25 points for the 25 point worth one, but you might then see those 10 point ones come into play or the 15 point ones. Whereas at the moment, what I think will happen is people will pick the 25 point, they'll pay 25 points and it'll always be the same ones. So you will only ever see the ones that. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I've I turned away from the page now. Yeah. But you'll only see those ones that. Be, so. I don't see many signs of the dread dreadwing. No. I, I don't see many. I, I I just don't think people are going to take that. Um, whereas you know, Ironwing they might take. Deathwing, yeah, you might take for that reroll. Um, you know the, Stormwing. You might see it, but I don't think I don't think you will. I think the only one with the Dreadwing is when they're facing something like Death Guard, where you know they make the, uh, the they can make the terrain difficult terrain with all their templates if they if the Death Guard play that way. But like you say, you it's a very tailored one. You know, yeah. you'd have I to mean, know your opponent makes. Uh, with his blasts makes it all difficult terrain with his quad uh, batteries and stuff to think, well, oh, actually, that would be worth taking, so I know. Yeah. I mean, if you think... See, if I was making a Ravenwing army, for example, I don't know that I would take Sign of the Ravenwing as opposed to Sign of the Firewing, where I get hatred characters because that gives me more in combat where I want to be having effect. See, I, but if you had, say, the Ravenwing one and you had instead re-roll of a charge, 
25 points, I'd pay that. On, on one unit, uh, that unit that I know, say, my HQ with his elite uh, bodyguard or whatever, for 25 points for a re-roll of a charge, especially if they've got jump packs, I'd easily pay that. Because then I could think, oh, maybe I'll, I'll walk these. I've got two... I've got the re-roll. Uh, I suppose with with a jump pack, you always re-roll anyway. If you don't, if you walk with them. Yeah. I mean, it would. But again, he. So you pay twenty-five points for that, and then in the right of war, where it becomes useful, where you can uh, take hit and run, for example, you then pay another twenty points to get the hit and run part. Mm. I do love hit and run. Hit and run, though, is a fantastic. Yeah. Role. It is, but there, there's there's forty forty five points yeah. to to combo the in order to unlock. It's, I just think they there are certain ones you won't see, um, whereas if they were a lower cost, you might see them because they're a lower cost. It's a nice little thing to have. That's so that's you, my only. Would, would you let's say if you make it across the board, would you rather have them just do a blanket down to fifteen points? We're down to 10 points and then they all stay that same or do you worry about doing a drop and then having some 10 some 15 some 20 and then creating that mixture so just so, wanting a flat across price no no i i, I think I, I think the i think the mixture i think you 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 make a couple that are expensive so if people wanted to take them on everyone they could um because they'll make combat monsters or they'll have a real buff to the army in or the units that they join and that's it's worth the it's worth paying 25 points for if you have the lower it's it's like magic items in fantasy you know you have some <laughs> you have some 10 point stuff and you have some 50 point stuff and they are absolutely different in the effects that they give but this gives a nice little bonus to that sergeant in that squad this turns that squad exactly into what you imagine in terms of a ravenwing bike squad you know it just i just feel that at the moment you will only ever see a, a few of those hexagamatron whatever they're called um, yeah. being taken and there'll be others that get left out because people go yeah I, I don't really need that for 25 points see that's that's that, that's my only point i think i think the one set i'd use for your sergeants and the other set I'd only use as the uh, I know so the one we're talking about where you can have the scions that's character or independent characters I wouldn't I don't think I'd give any of them to my independent characters I'd rather have them with the sticker ones I'd yep. rather pay the 25 points there whereas the uh like the ones we we're just on about, I might pay them for my sergeants. So I wouldn't have, say, a captain or whatever with both. I'd have him one or the other. Because if you say, if you've got your praetor and you want uh, him to be a bit more of a combat ma monster, just give him Slayer of Kings. The you know reroll. Rerolls of a one with weapon skill f five or higher. If you're going against, uh, if you're making him a combat monster, you're probably going to want to be charging him against nasty f uh, other combat 
units. So that would be benef more beneficial than just one reroll. But, like you say, I think, I think if you're facing, if you're not, if you know what you're facing, you can make these really good. And I still think it's better to have them than not to have them. But I do agree yep. with maybe some of them, like anything, some things are more beneficial than others. But at the same I mean, time, it's only early days and... I mean, I remember when Crimson Paladins first came out, and I thought that was going to be awesome. Now I know they're fucking shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's so, yeah. It's sometimes you get so caught up in certain scenarios, you don't see the beneficial ways, other ways that can be used. And yeah, no, no. I think I, I, I think it's game. I think going you on. are right. I think you are right that it is early days. I just so sign of the of the Deathwing only only comes into play in a challenge so you've paid 25 points for a nice little boost that won't happen in turn one potentially won't happen in turn two so you're now looking at a turn three for um because let's say you win in your combat by turn four in turns five and six, you then have to position yourself to get into another combat for that to then be able to come into play. And your opponent has to accept the challenge for you to have that as a as something that comes into play. Whereas you could buy Melter Bombs, or you could buy, which, you know, regardless of a challenge, could be used. Or you could buy an extra two Marines, as was pointed out who allow you some re resilience in your force as you're marching across the table. You could, I just don't know that 25 points for something that you might get to use This is once. the re-roll of the first to hit roll while engaging a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously you'd get, but at the same time, if, you, if you're going through units and you get into three different units, you challenge first, you win, you wipe that unit out, you go into another one, then you gain, you are gaining it through, for each challenge through the game. Yeah, you, that, you do get it for every challenge, absolutely. But how many challenges actually are you going to get that guy in? Yeah, it, it's it, like you say, it has to be on something like a Terminator uh, Sergeant. I, I do agree with that, but... I think, like you say, this is something you have to really, you have to be careful with. It's a tar yeah. pit, is, essentially. Yep. Yeah, but that's, I mean, I, I'd just say, right, to deny you the 25 points, I won't accept the challenge. Yeah. Um, or I know that the characters have got it. So anything that's got um, precision shots, I'll be targeting at any character. Well, you do that anyway, don't you? But mm. I'd definitely be trying to take out these guys. Whereas if it was 10 points, I think you'd be, yeah, absolutely take it. Why would you not at 10 points? But do you worry, do you worry that it would become too commonplace then? No, no. That's, what I'm saying is, there are, there are some in that that you won't see at all 
and it would be good to see the ones that you won't see at all actually start to come into play and and it and it doesn't it's not game breaking for 20 for 25 points it's like that is not a game breaking rule you know at 10 points it's not a game breaking rule because it's not it, it won't it doesn't break any rule it doesn't it's not an auto win you're just getting to re-roll a, a failed to hit roll in the first phase of a challenge when you look at it i mean that's it, 25 points for that it's it's a lot of points mm. it is a lot of points i i agree would i have it probably not but and and, and that's the point that i'm trying to make if it was 10 points you'd go yeah i'll throw that on i think with it being as you, you can have it on uh... you can take it on any character so See, any character if you have say the inner circle that's already their things are already included aren't they that point sync is already included in their yeah, on the, 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 cinnamon, the cinnamon eyes. Yeah, so, but with that, with that one, you'd have you on your uh, master bloke though, wouldn't you? You'd just put it on him. Because that turns him into quite a combat monster then. He's got a great sword, so let's, it's essentially giving that great sword a master crafted rule, and he gets for free. Mm-hmm. So, because the the points are already in on that, on cinnamon squad, aren't they? You can say cinnamon. It's alright. Cinnamon. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, there's. I think that that's where that unit. Obviously, you're always going to see them, and that, that is quite a good unit, to be fair. Nothing in this game is going to be an auto win. People are just going to have to learn how to finesse their list. Mm. Period. You know, it's competitive. They're both strong, competitive. Dark Angels is going to be extremely competitive with all the little tricks you're going to be able to pull. Where the downfall is going to be is building that list. Yeah, I think That's where it's going to be. You can make it good. You can make. I mean, but like you said, like we said, it's going to be a trial and error, and then yeah. if after say six months a year, we're not seeing any of these, then yeah, definitely the, they're all too, too high in points. You know. I think... Yeah, I, I think the Dark Angels, it's going to be, you know, you have, you know, I was talking about this with Chad today, you have your legions that are like, great legions for beginners, like Iron Hands. It's, you know, a no-brainer. I think a Dark Angel army is an army for a more experienced heresy gamer for like, in the hands of a proper general, they can just you can carve people and do great things. In the hands of someone who doesn't really know what they're doing, it's going to be could be a bumpy ride. Well, I, th- I think that's the same with all legions in a way. Of when you play that legion, you you start to figure out what works for that legion and what doesn't, because yep. certain units will won't work for certain you. Legions, I think, and I think when you when you're picking your uh, legions, you know 
which ones you can have and you can stick with them no matter if they're great or terrible i think as as a dark angel player i think well you're going you're going to be playing these even if those all terrible wouldn't you but just yeah. because if it fits but i do agree 50 points on just on characters or whatever that's just ridiculous I mean, you. Why would you have a? I could see maybe Praetors, Praetors saying, right? Well, they get one as standard or something. If you have that uh, right of war, would that? I don't think that would be too broken. So if you said had a no. Raven Wing right of war, and they says right, if you have this right of war, your Raven. Guard General will get a sign of the Raven uh, wing for free. I agree that that's probably not broken there. No, exactly. I think I just that's what I'm saying. I just think that there's other ways that they could have included them uh, for independent characters and that for your characters, so for your sergeants, some of them don't deserve to be 25 points. That's my that's mm. the only bit I was thinking. Yep. You know, I mean, sign of the storm wing. We're going to see that. So I think you will. I think what you'll see on you should see on heavy weapon squads as well, especially if they're not. So if you've got missile launchers, for example, and you're not taking flak missiles, ballistic skill two to try and bring down some flyers. Yep, that that works. Um, you know, and. And you don't have to pay for um, a, a mass or a signal to join, or or someone else with um, uh, what's it a cognizant or whatever it is that. So, I mean, you'll see it in, in places like that. Twenty five points is a lot for for some of the others. Yeah, I I agree with that. Stormwing, ballistic skill two. If you gave that to uh, auto cannons shooting the flyers, they're taking down any flyer then. Yeah, you know, ten man squad. There's twenty shots of ballistic skill too. Yeah, I mean that's. I see a lot of utility in that one, and like I say, I really like sign of the fire wing because you're basically you're making a cheap chaplain. Yeah. So. so I can yeah you the, can understand twenty five points for them too. I agree with that. Yeah. But like you say, with the raven wing one, twenty five points. You don't. And I'm I sure, I think I'm sure think... we're all taking Frost as Turbo Boost, correct? Yes. Yeah, so... Put the Rust. Turbo Boost is automatic six, isn't it? So why would you roll it? Well, yeah, good point. They need to define what Thrust is. Thrust is... Uh, for... Uh, for the jetpacks, right? Yeah. It is for jetpacks. Is it? But if so that was re-roll charge, I think that would be worth it. 25 points to re-roll your charge. If you haven't got a jump pack or something, that makes that quite powerful. Not powerful, because it's very situational. You, there'll be some games you, you don't fail it, but let's face facts. We've all rolled that double one on the char three inch charge. Yeah, and that, that's gotta be one of the most morale-breaking things in the game. 
Yeah. You just do that maniacal laugh. You're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck me. I remember someone. <laughs> They're like, I played a GW and a, a bloke frailed a free inch charge with his uh, big boss man, you know, this stupidly loaded out Praetor. And I literally just surrounded him and just blew him away. And kind of, <laughs> that was him then, because everything was invested into this one uh, character with all these Terminator squad. And that, as soon as he found that charge, I just the whole army just poured into him and it cost him the game. Uh, if he had game the, over. For 25 points, if he had the option to have this, why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Especially if so, you could ask something like boarding. Uh, shields where you, you're minusing or yeah, going yeah. going through terrain. I think that I think if then, that was re-roll the charge. Terrain, if you're going through terrain, why not take if it's if that's what you're worried about, take the firewing one or whichever one it is that allows you to just do a, f a blanket four inch move. Because it can you use two four inch moves though? It doesn't say anything about charge. It just says moving through, doesn't it? Yeah. Moving through difficult terrain. So if you if you could have if that was you could have automatically have an eight inch charge. I've got a feeling that's what they're trying to say because that's what Lionel Johnson can do, can't yeah. he? It can just move eight inches for a charge automatic. Mm. I'd pay twenty five points for that. Yeah. Just an eight inch charge constantly. I'd definitely pay eight inch. I mean, your jump packs would be fantastic with that because then you're thinking, I'm always yeah. going to get my uh, Hammer of Wrath attacks. <laughs> so, anyway, shall we move on? Having had a bit of a debate there about, yes. <laughs> about the rules. Yeah, to be fair though, Pete, this is... Me and you have been mainly talking about this and it, we've got the two Dark Angel players. They should be really discussing <laughs> yeah. this war. Like I said, I just... I mean, it, I want to play with it first because there's stuff like perfect example when we first started like what was it that's the uh, the Iron Warriors Legion rules I'm like those are fucking stupid like oh you're you know you don't take morale checks from shooting okay that's kind of lame until you play against an Iron Warrior player and you fucking pour fire into them and they're like yeah no we're good Get homes, mm -hmm. so quite often I've found like some of the something that looks the least impressive on paper ends up being quite a big deal on the tabletop, and you're like, "Fuck, whoops, <laughs> I totally miscalculated that." So, yeah, a lot of this stuff I want to see. You know, I want to build lists and put it into practice and be like, "Okay, that does work. That doesn't work." Like you said, it's going to be situational, depending on your list and the units you take, and you know what those units are doing on the tabletop. Cause like for me, just a quick example, the sign of the stormwing, like you put that on a fat 20 man tactical squad. that sits on an objective. And it's like, cool, man, you want to charge me for someone to overwatch the shit out of you. Then you get in here. All my dudes have chain swords. So then I'm going to hit you on threes and hand to hand combat. Let's fucking party. And that to me is well worth the 25 points. But that's just, that's my hot take. Um, for me, it's just, I think it's all, fluff stuff and when i say fluff like it's all like icing on the cake if you take it cool if you don't it's not a bad thing either and that's what i think is the simplicity of the army and, and what makes it great is you can go simple or you can go complex and neither of it is really 
that detrimental. The only thing where I think is a negative is if you're not paying attention and you just start getting all seeing these like cool little pretty packages you can put on your character and they see you, know, you drop 300 points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you're like, wait a second. That's why, I, and I keep going back to it. I think list building is going to be the key, the overall key for the army. Like, what are you doing to build the list well? You know, and people are going to have to play test it out. It's still in a Stardew's army. Your elite units are awesome. You got a cool killy robot. I mean, they're a solid army. They're going to be a solid meta army. You know, um, and I think we would all know from our experience, if you take someone who's really good at the game, you can give them a subpar Legion and they'll still beat whoever they're playing or give them a really good match. So with Dark Angels, I just say be wary of it. It's cool stuff that you get to do, cool abilities. Just be careful how many points you're really dumping into those selections. Yep. It will add up. If you do 300 points, you're talking like that's like four javelin speeders, right? That's the way I like because I consider the javelin probably the best point, point pound for pound unit in the game. So that's how I'm going to always like in comparison of it. If I put 300 points, that's you know, maybe even close to six of those things if you're running pretty bare bones. So be be wise what you're spending those, those points on, yeah. That and I think that's that's. Sage advice, right there, Carl. Very sage I mean, advice. The good thing about the uh, that Stormwing one is, if you have got it on the well, you would have it on heavy weapons, but it means you can move them. You know, you're not you're not fixed and thinking. Well, you know, I'm only, if I move them, I'm only hitting on sixes. You can then start to run them, you know, and hope get that one or two shots. If, if someone. Uh, drops a unit right next to him you think if i move i can move six inches away try and get as far away as possible while hammering them a few with them extra shots Mm. yes it might that six inches could take you out that charge range or make it harder for them to hurt you but yeah like you say i think it's it's early days and we'll soon see Mm. cool um should we talk about legion units yes indeed just one moment right so we've got the uh new additions to the armies so who wants to take us through them Come on, Rick. Legion Hussar Squadron. Let's go. Bud. Legion Hussar Squad. So we got some Space Marine bikes that don't give you Toughness 5. Or sorry, you do get Toughness 5. <laughs> <laughs> Good intro there. Initiative 4. Uh, My bad. Uh, oh, man. So yeah, you got... Way off. Yeah. Way off. <laughs> way off. 150 points gives you five dudes with a sergeant, bolt pistol, chain sword or combat blade, frag, and crack grenades, power armor, a space marine bike with a twin link bolter. Special rules: Legionus Astartes. They have hit come with hit and run. Not a big deal. And they're support squads, so you cannot take them as your compulsory troops. You can take up to five more of them for a squad of ten. You can replace the twin link bolters with twin link snub rotor cannons. The powerhouse that is the rotor cannon. 
And then the uh, squad Sassar Sergeant may exchange their bolt pistol for a hand flame or plasma pistol. Uh, Sergeant can take a power weapon, power fist, or lightning claw, and can take melt a bombs. Hey, so a little, it. yeah, that's that's the name of the game. I tell you what, I like plasma pistol for ten points. Yeah, right. Not fifteen. Not fifteen. Mm. Not fifteen. Way better for ten. Yeah, so you feel a little bit better when your sergeant fries himself. You're like, well, it was only 10 points that killed him. It wasn't 15 points. <laughs> yeah. It was only cost of an extra Marine that he blew his fucking head off. <laughs> um, cool little fluff background bit as well. Only the most steadfast and disciplined of Legion assault card are assigned as Hazars. Warriors that can be relied upon in the heat of battle. Yeah, love it. I like, yeah, and it's cool. It's a bike. It's a troop's choice. Yeah, this is Not this bad. is your this is your traditional bike squad, isn't it? This is the old Codex Astartes bikers. Yep. Yep. Now with rotor cannons. Now with rotor cannons. Nice little model <laughs> opportunity there. Would you have the rotor cannon? Uh. Yeah, I don't know. So I, a lot of shots. I, I wouldn't. I might double so, shots. I might put so, one or two on, but. Yeah, ten uh, points now. Why not? A bike makes you relentless, doesn't it? It yeah. does. So why have Salvo four five? Because that's the line that they just put the stat line yeah, on there. Um, I, mean, I mean, we talked about uh, the roto cannon. I, I would just make it straight four. I mean, you're not gonna. It's AP six. Why don't you just make it straight four? Yeah, but it's not the, like the range of twelve. Them. See, I'd be more yeah, tempted to make it like shred. Whatever. Than, uh, strength four, yeah, but 150 points um, for five five dudes on bikes. Toughness five, we all like toughness five. Yeah, definitely toughness five. So, and with hit and run, if they get bogged down, they can escape. Brilliant, yeah. you know. Yeah, so that's it. If you're going round, uh, just well, I mean, especially if you give the uh, sergeant plasma pistol. You can try and yeah. get the rear armor of certain uh, tanks and stuff, but yep. then you are just a uh, then you're only using them for one, basically yeah. just a transport for a sergeant with a plasma pistol. If you're doing that, and re- remember, people never hit and run in your own turn phase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> do not, do not, do not do that. <laughs> I get away, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I learned that from bitter experience. <laughs> you know, like, I appreciated your charge the first time. I'm going to allow you to do it again. Because <laughs> yeah. Overwatch is that good. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Toughness 5, it's it's not about the, the double out because clearly it's a one wound uh, on them. Yeah. It just it makes them so much more survivable. Yep. I just think um, this is a great harassment unit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the flanks, you know, in reserve, always good to come in. Um, but yeah, on the flanks of your armies, uh, picking out a target, getting in their um, support squad as well. So it can't be compulsory. Um, uh, but, but I think I that think... Hit, hit and run, last turn of the game, if, if someone tries to tie him up, with a charge, you can just escape and claim yeah. an objective. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're all two attacks. So uh, the normal biker, they've got a bolt pistol and a chainsaw. That's two attacks. 
So that's yep. free on the charge. Your, uh, your Hazar sergeant, obviously, it's not. He's got two attacks base. So what's that? Three normally, four on the charge. It's a yep. lot of attacks. A lot of attacks that get thrown out. Um, you know, the the option power weapon always good on him. I don't know if I'd take a lightning single lightning claw or a power fist. Um, I'm definitely giving him melter bombs for five points. Yes, I think that's definitely. So a, a really good harassing unit. Get around the back of stuff. Pour some fire in. Charge in. Tar pit people for a while. Um, you know, 30 points for an upgrade to, to get um, an extra bloke in. Could be done. You know. It's almost a, a right. For that sergeant frying himself. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's great for uh, White Scars player, isn't isn't it? it? Gives them that extra unit choice. Yeah, you know, Sons of Horus. You know, you take a Legion Hazar squadron. Merciless Fighters rule comes into play. Yeah. So you're getting even more attacks at the end. You know, as a bike, you what's that? You count as bulky, very. I can't remember which one is it. Bulky. Yeah, so yeah. you're you're, you're easily outnumber them. Easily outnumbering them, especially if you add in one or two extra bikers, you know, to just for that resilience on the way in and any losses and stuff. You're definitely, definitely gonna get to use your rules. Um, get within twelve inches. We roll FD there. I mean, as a Sons of Horus player, I am really drawn to the Legion Hazar squadron. Yeah. Um, as an Ultramine player, I'd be really drawn. Some of the stuff I could do, you know, light up some targets with them and then other people pour fire on with better ballistic skill. and Yeah, lots of stuff, lots of combinations with them. A nice little support squad. Uh, def- definitely worth thinking about, guys, for whichever. Was that Space Wolves, someone said? I didn't say Space Wolves. No one said Space Wolves. I was going to say. Uh, I guess someone just announced their next army. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, would, you, um, would you have them instead of Outriders? Uh, so I, I think I would for, for my four seats. Because, uh, I mean, what do you take Outriders for? You take them for Plasma and you take them for some of the little combination rules, yeah? Yeah. In a different four sword slot, and uh, what's the cost on them versus an outrider as well? I think it's the same pro- points, isn't it? Is it? Let me check. I'm just bringing up uh, outriders. So yeah, ninety points for free, and thirty points each. So that's the same points. For every model, they can exchange for power wep- power weapon. You know. Yeah. 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 Right. It's just a more badass version of this. Yeah. But they don't occupy. They don't score though. These dudes do. Yeah. The Duke escape though. That's how I look at. Yeah, I think, uh, especially outrides. I think it's a nice choice to have, isn't it, between them two? I can see, yep. I can see reasons for both of them. Yeah, and I, I these are a troops' can... choice, so you can have 
you know, it's not taken up. A, if you're white scar saying you want a lot of jet, jet bikes all of a sudden, well, I suppose the right of war would allow him to do that anyway. But but it, it, remember their support. Yeah. So, so it's not compulsory troop it's a support thing. But yeah, and they count as three models each. So yeah. actually, Sons of Horrors, you're def, um, most of this fighting rule. Yeah. Not really good. Great for yeah, Max uh, Night Lords as well, for outnumbering purposes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good unit, a nice inclusion. Um, and who doesn't like the term Hussar? I like it. Yeah. Especially yeah. when they're winged. <laughs> uh, moving on, who wants to take us through the Legion Jet Bike Sky Seeker Squadron? Go on, Kyle. Uh, yeah, I got it. Unit uh, type is Jet Bike. Uh, pretty much same stat as always as we've seen before, except one noticeable change. It is a 3 plus save instead of a 2 plus save. Um, so that's something just to be highlighted there. Uh, vastly different. Uh, the war gear is bolt pistol, chainsaw, close combat weapon, frag crack grenades, power armor, legion space, special legion space marine, esotoc jet bike with twin link bolters and oracle array, uh, legion of status, a special rule scout support squad. Uh, this legion seeker squad turn may be taken as a true choice in space marine legion detachment as found as a horse heresy legion of status, age of darkness, army list book. Options, you may have an additional seven, so that uh, the initial cost of 100 is for three, and then you can have upwards of seven at 25 apiece. Uh, entire squad may replace their twin bolters for one of the following heavy roto cannon at five points, uh, grenade launcher with crag and frack grenade at 10 points. Um, the seeker uh, squad or the sky seeker sergeant may exchange his bolt pistol for one of the following hand flamer or your guys' favorite plasma pistol for 10 points. Uh, hand flamer is also 10 points. <laughs> and then the sergeant may exchange his chainsword. Well, there, I should say his, but, you know, <laughs> chainsword or close combat made blade for the following power weapon, power fist, single lightning claw. And then squad seeker sergeant may also take a melt bomb for five. And then the power weapon's 10, power fist, and lightning claw are 15 apiece. Um, the Oracle Ray, uh, this model equipped with the Oracle Ray counts as having a augury scanner, which is amazing. In addition to a unit that has at least one model equipped with the Oracle Ray, may designate a single enemy within 12 inches and in line of sight of the unit at the start of the controlling player's shooting phase. Until the start of the controlling player's next turn, all friendly units in the Legion of Starness special rule may add a plus one to hit rolls against that designated unit during the shooting phase. This benefit is not uh, designated to the unit during the shooting phase. This benefit is not cumulative, and if multiple units are marked, uh, marked the same target, this has no additional effect. Designated target unit counts as shooting attack from the entire size. Uh, Sky Seekers unit in the shooting phase. So if you mark a unit, if it's end game, you mark a unit, and let's say you have a heavy unit, they can get that plus one ballistic skill, or plus one to hit, I should say, not plus one ballistic skill. It's going to cause a lot of damage. Um, and it's something that will have... A, you'll have to pick and choose it for its ability to do really well. Uh, the heavy roto cannon, as explained, is a five point upgrade. It's going to be range 30, strength 4, AP 6, salvo 3, 4. So, 
Apparently it's a strength for Roto Kansas. Goes, it go, yeah, but it also goes down in shots. Yeah. So pick or choose. Uh, and then it being on jet bike is always going to be four. Uh, a space marine ESO talk jet bike that follows the standard rules for jet bikes found in the horse heresy. Ajarkness rulebook. Note that the benefit from the rider's toughness has already been included in the Sky Seekers profile. So pretty standard. Like I said, the only thing is it's going to be a true choice and it's a three plus save instead of a two plus save on that. Yeah. So, and cool rules. This is the tiny little jet bike from sort of rogue trader background, isn't it? I think yep, it's not... when he says it's down in shots, by the way, that's actually the shots of a normal rotor cannon. It's the snub, the previous one, which actually goes up in shots. The normal rotor cannon only has three, four. So the... Oh, yeah, I was just saying in comparison to this oh, yeah, yeah. to this oh, sorry. one. Because it's something we didn't really mention. The, the previous one actually has more shots than, say, the normal rotor cannon. But one thing that... I think we, if I'm getting this right, which I could be wrong, as like all things, most things, uh, I think this Oracle away is really good if you was able to pair this with your uh, Stormwing mark. So you, all of a sudden your snapshots of Ballistic Skill 2, plus this makes you essentially snapshooting a Ballistic Skill 3. If you've got that against uh, a Flyer, because he doesn't need to yeah. roll to hit, suddenly that fly is dead. That's very, very true. Uh, the way the way I personally look at this unit, if I was running it, I'd run it probably small, no more than five man, using the scout ability to zip around and just mark units. Yeah, yeah. So it's... I'd go with a very shooty army, and that's all I'm using it. I would, because yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't upgrade it's not it. Making you stay, it's not making you stay stationary to do it. It's just saying, pick a target in the line of sight. Yeah. Yeah. Mark well, yeah. 100 points, throw away Suicide Squad that gets into the backfield, marks the targets. That's its purpose. That's some. I saw someone talking about, oh, if they're seekers, they should have the ammunition types. No, no. They seek out a target, mark it. Yeah. The rest of the army blows the crap out of that target. It's almost like a reconnaissance jet bike unit. That's it. And for 100 points, don't upgrade it. I wouldn't give it anything, personally. (laughs) I I just throw them them there to use that Oracle. Every bike has the Oracle array. It's not the Sergeant. It's not the... So you can sit somewhere in the back picking out that target within 12 inches. Get up there. Get in their face. They have to deal with it. It's 100 points. You've only spent 100 points. They'll yeah, have to God, kill that's them. Just, that's just fucking rude when you think of all the stuff that, you know, follow on fire from various yeah. Legion squads and tanks. Holy shit. That's it. It's a hundred it's a great little unit. Yeah. You know, you, you pay a hundred points for a character that would give you that ability. Yeah. In this mm-hmm. case, you've got fr- you've got for nothing free jet bikes. You've got free jet bikes. Maneuverable, you, you know, you can jink with them. Five. I think it gives you so much uh, I mean if your un- your tactical squad was getting charged, if you're the Legion with a two plus one uh, ballistic skills, that's going to be devastating, that is, isn't it? Hitting on twos yeah. with that amount of shots. It's it's. This is. Yeah. I think it's a very like we, I said before. It's a scalpel unit. You, you, it'll be tricky to use. It'll take time to know how to use it correctly. 
but as soon as you get as soon as you get wise with it it'll be deadly for oppositions yep yeah that's it i mean even, I just... even uh sorry uh iron warriors would love this unit the amount hey. of heavy weapons they have think about think a drop pod list that comes in these oh. guys these guys in the first turn have raced up your drop pods come down these are marked the target there's this your multi melter there's your melter guns there's your whatever it is come out of your drop pod and annihilate the target oh. on the rear armor oh and especially night, if night. someone was nice enough to squadron them up for you yeah yeah <laughs> oh, and don't forget what else you could have in army you could have a knight in the backfield of your own army that this guy has marked a target for and now you and now, now your knight's getting plus one. No, because he's you've not got the Legion of Astarte special rule there. Uh, is that what it says? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, fine. Drop the knight. Well, part, but... They knew Pete. You were going to be a cheeky little monkey, so they had to <laughs> put that rule in there. <laughs> but yeah, I I mean seven. You can have seven addition additional ones. I I'd rather just have two squads of this than have any yep. more. Oh, yeah. I, I just yeah. think it's a great distraction, even if it's crude. It is. So if, I, if my opponent's like, oh shit, well, I don't want that to mark me, so I end up to shoot them, and they're shooting at toughness five, and they're completely ignoring the units in the front, but they're still going to cause damage to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. just a bonus that you get the plus one, but that's going to freak people out. Yeah. So they're going to divert their attention to kill those things, and if they're not shooting at your main battle line, you're winning at that point. Yeah. So. I would. Oh, Augury scanner as well. I'm just going to say, yeah. don't, don't overlook the fact that yeah. it's an Augury scanner as well. Oof. But at the so same time, many good uses. Yeah, even if you do. Mm, see, I'm going to go against what we've just been saying. Keep them cheap. I think even if you had a, one squad cheap and one squad a few more with the grenade launchers, trying to get rear armors, or even just the heavy rotor cannon. You know, I don't think it's too bad a unit in itself without that rule. Yeah, true. I mean, I'd maybe throw the melter bomb for five points is, is yeah. what I'd consider. You know, yeah. throw that charge in and then. I might upgrade use a bomb, but... one or two just so they can do something if they, you know, if that rule doesn't really affect you too much. You know, some maybe sometimes you. Oh, I don't really need that plus one, but so maybe give. I probably would have the heavy rotor cannon rather than the uh, grenade launcher for five points. But I, I, I think either way you run this, it's going to be a really great unit. I think so. I, I literally, I'm thinking about getting some of these when they release the models. I am not. I'm not upgrading it. I'm just going to run it at a hundred points. Yeah, I, and they, and yeah. they are a throwaway unit. They are going to die, but I'm going to distract my enemy, and I'm going to get a little bit of use out of them. Yeah, scout's nice as well. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would kick it up to five. I would kick it up to five personally. I would do five. And that gives it a little bit of survivability and just enough of a threat, I think, for an opponent to kind of be like, oh, I have to, I need to shoot forward, but I'm going to shoot to my left because if I let this unit still just cruise around, it's going to cause me nothing but problems. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. But I, I'm not giving them anything else. I mean, they're two attacks each again, bolt pistol and a chainsaw. You know, three on the chain. You know. yeah. 
So, you know, they, they are, they are a, like you say, they're a distraction unit mm. that causes, causes all sorts of uh, nuisance to your enemy. I'd say, I think, and you dictate, and you dictate gameplay. That's yeah, what. That's I, how you win. Yeah. You force, force the opponent to have to change his plan or her plan. But th- this is a a great point of when a unit is costed correctly for me is Pete saying I'd keep them as cheap as possible I'm saying I might run two one cheap one and Kyle's saying I'd give them some extra models it says to me it's bang on because people different people are having different ideas of what they want and you're not looking and thinking oh yes I'd upgrade in these you know that's when it's costed correctly for me yep so yeah. yeah, but Good. so far two great units. Yep. Yeah. Want to talk about your favourite guys? Yeah, my my painted one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we've got the Legion Saber Strike Tank, comes in with front armor twelve, side armor eleven, and rear ten with three hull points. So just a bit more heavily armored than a Rhino. You can have two, one or two of these in a unit. It's got the fast special rule, so you can move 12 inches and fire two weapons. You've got the stub auto cannon as standard, and you get a heavy bolter, smoke launcher, searchlight, and auxiliary drive. So, auxiliary drive, I think on a 4 plus, you ignore uh, immobilized results. Yep. Uh, so, I think that making it fast is nice. You you can either have a Volkite or a, the Neutron Blaster. Now the Volkite has actually come down uh, fifteen points when it was first released. So when you have the old rules, the um, experimental rules, it was a fifteen point upgrade. So you get that for free. Uh, you can have a melt multi melter Volkite or heavy flamer. For free, the heavy flamer Volkite is fifteen and Melt is twenty-five. So that heavy flamer is wonderful if you're a Blood Angel player because it means you can have an assault cannon. <laughs> so we love that. You can have pencil-mounted weapons, twin-linked bolter, combi weapon, or havoc launchers. The combi and bolter is five points, and the havoc launcher is fifteen. You can have four cyber strike missiles for five points each. Or ceramite armor for twenty points. Why would you? Because that's a third of the cost of the tank. Or extra armor for ten points. So the auto can. So well, if we go through uh, the weapons. So the the snub auto cannon Anvilus is strength eight, armor penetration four, heavy two, twin linked with sunder. To me, that's a fantastic weapon. It's you can have. If you have two of them, 65 points each, keep them cheap and cheerful. You can start charging around uh, and trying to sunder land raiders if you need it, or with the fast, trying to get around the side of dreadnoughts, take them out, contemptors. Because that's with the, that fast rule, you want to be hitting the side armor. So yep. it's still deadly for, well, I wouldn't say deadly. You're not going to kill a land raider anytime quickly with these, 
but against say predators or any other tank that side armor and sunder that's quite a, quite a nasty little combo that is so you basically you kill them just through uh just way to fire really don't you just stripping hull mm. points because it obviously lacks the ip so i think that's a, a great choice uh you've got the neutron blaster which is strength nine ap2 i should say these are all 24 inch range as well heavy one concussive with shock pulse now this obviously with uh 25 points uh, sorry a 20 point upgrade making it an 85 points model i think the there's a lot of people out there that are saying this isn't the ideal ideal one i think you've still got to remember you're trying to get that side armor sadly it's not twin linked or anything so and then you've got the volkite which is strength six ap5 heavy six with defrag obviously uh and then you've got the saber strike missiles which is 36 inch range strength six ap4 one use missile lock which is reroll to hit and rending so what do we all think about them i think the volkite and the auto cannon are the real standout ones for me yeah auto cannon for me i bought two of these to do with the auto cannon and all i want to do is buzz around and just rip whole points off of predators and uh contemptors yeah shit all over them, basically i mean six, <coughs> 65 points i well mine's going to be a little bit more because as a blood angel player don't be shocked if you're going to see assault cannons on all these for what e yeah <laughs> extra fi Shocker. 15 points and you can have the auto cannon and then go rending. That's, I mean, that is quite really nasty against side armor of tanks. Uh, but I mean, the Volkite—that's a fantastic weapon as well. Two Volkites on, on it. So that would be eighty points as well. Uh, two Vol—well, basically a Volkite tank, tanker then, isn't it? Yeah, ten shots. Yeah, I mean that. Two of them, what? twenty shots. That's. Yeah. I've it's... seen a lot of people talk about the range of the Volkite Seeker. Yep. Because the Culverin has got longer range, so the weapon on top has got longer range. It it is an it odd choice, matter. but at the same time, you're moving twelve inches, so it still it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. It's, it's still a thirty-six inch range essentially, because you're moving twelve inches anyway. Yeah. And you want to keep it... these guys moving. Yeah. The only the only the only thing with any tank like this is that um it doesn't have because it's not a turret mounted weapon you have to point at what you're shooting yeah essentially yeah. that's the only thing with these types of tanks in terms of but that's historical that's you know the assault guns and um anti-tank yeah stoogs hetzers all that i mean it's very hetzerish this uh then yeah it, I, I really like these. I think, I think they're the, cracking little models. Yeah, I think the auxiliary drive is a big thing as well because it just gives yeah. you that option of if you do, are unlucky and getting mobilised result, it, yeah. hopefully it won't matter to you. You're still charging around the tabletop with them. Yeah. I think you give, it a, you give it a melter you can, because you get the combi weapon, so you can give it a one-shot melter. That's expensive for 25 points, though. I don't think you'll be seeing many of them. It's not. It's five points, isn't it? No. 
Like you... a pintle mounted weapon? Combi weapon? Oh, uh, sorry, I was thinking of the multi melter. Sorry. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think I don't think you'll be seeing the multi melter so much. No, but you definitely see. I've, for five points, stick a one shot yeah. melter. That's a good yeah. chance. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, as, especially like we said, it's a fast vehicle. If you can try and get some of the side or rear armors with the uh, auto cannon, I think yeah. it, it, it won't take much for them to get their points back. Yeah. It's the searchlight. So if you're fighting Night Lords that first turn, you can get up and you can light them so people yeah. can see them. Yeah. yeah, it's a great little tank. Yeah, I, like I said, I've brought two. And I think the model itself looks fantastic. It's a nice size, and because it's roughly Rhino size, I think uh, it's <laughs> because it's uh, Rhino size. It's easy to hide. Well, easier, I should say, to hide behind terrain to try and get your uh, points back. Yeah. So. I, 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 it'd be, yeah. And again, another fast unit, able to get up the flanks, able to distract people. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good unit. It's a great unit for uh, if you want to run armoured breakthrough or whatever as well, a tank heavy army. And you get two in a unit, and you can take up to two in the slot. Yeah. I would say if you're going to take two, I'd definitely equip them the same. Yeah, I think so. But maximize that output. Going on to the uh, blaster a little bit more because this has got a lot of hate. Well, not a lot of hate, but a lot of people writing it off straight away saying, "Why would you take this over a uh, fuck? I forgot what its name is. The Sicaran Venator. Is it Venator? Mm. Yeah, yeah. As why would you take this uh, over that? Because that's got ordinance too. One, this is an ordin ordinance, so you still gain, you know, your weapon on top. You're still firing, not stop firing, although you do lose the uh, ordinance two dice. But if you're hitting side armor, that strength nine is very powerful, and that, that's I think that that's a key of this. You want to always be hitting that side armor. So yeah, it's and, it's a. It's a las cannon, mate. That's why. Well, it's with it's shock a las cannon with shock, yeah, with shock pulse and concussive. Yeah, if that... you if you can penetrate, obviously a uh, typhon or something like that, then brilliant. But in, making that uh, unit snap fire, even if it's even if you don't kill it, knowing the it's snap firing next turn, if you're hitting a uh, anything with a template then that's deadly. Medusa, all of a sudden, it doesn't take much for that to... I, I don't think it's a bad choice, is what I'm trying to say. I, I know people are saying, well, it's only one shot and you might miss... Well, you'd have to have two of them. See, if I was taking the, the Neutron Blaster, I'd, I'd use the Multi-Melter. I think because it becomes it's... too expensive then, though. Uh, maybe, but if, it, if what you're doing is making it... An, anti-tank or an anti-armor vehicle then you might as well maximize the mm. 
anti-arc because it's only a one shot the heavy heavy one <laughs> neutron blaster yeah but at the same time then it's 45 points which is almost the second one yeah i i absolutely understand that part i just see i'm lucky because i just say i can have the neutron blaster and have a assault cannon on top yeah you are so yeah. <laughs> i mean i i for me it's volkite all the way I'll be honest. I'm I'm torn with all of them. I I think I'll be playing mm-hmm. games and having every single one at some yeah. point. So I I just I like it for Volkite. I love Volkite. Yeah. Volkite tanks. Maybe in a tournament. Although it sounds strange, if I was to have, if I'd be tempted to have two squadrons of it. So one with the auto cannons, and I'd be tempted to have two with. The blaster because unlike the other the uh, venator which people says it's still you can have two for roughly the same price and it's not taking up a heavy slot so depending on how many fast attack choices you have but that i love that uh shock pulse and like i says the biggest terrifying thing for me is that typhon and you'd give me a chance to hurt that typhon because I don't have, I do struggle with land raiders, to be honest. So I, I like it. I, I've been thinking about uh, my Sons of Horus uh, Black Reaving list, and because you've got to have more fast attack choices than heavy heavy choices. Um, so I've been running free assault bikes, yeah, uh, attack bikes. Um, like as independent, fifty point, fifty point, fifty point. Well, for a couple extra points, I could take one of these instead. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, I quite like that as a. Yeah. I, I like it. It's really nice. The model's really cool. Little tankette. The one you're painting is fantastic at the moment. Cheers, mate. I think, as well. I know some people have compared compared it to the javelin, and I've. I think the problem with that is the javelin is an undercosted unit. Oh, I used the oh, term by <laughs> far. You know, it it gets by far. You know, if for the for me, sixty five points. I think this hits the nail. I think it's about right the cost. I think you know, javelins are fantastic. There's no way around that, but. I'd happily have these. Hmm. Yeah. Well, no, it, really cool. it adds a good little element into like armored spearhead and armored yeah. breakthrough. It, it, it helps a theme. You know, you don't want to. I mean, you can, but you, visually, aesthetic wise, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to take these javelins to go ahead with, you know, all these tanks. Now you essentially have something very similar, but in tank form. So it can help, you know. For something that's outside of the rules, I know it's kind of crazy to think about, but it definitely can help with the view of the overall army and the thing that you may be going for. Yeah, and uh, like I said, with uh, going on to with the fast rule, I just think it adds so much to the uh, unit. It can make, say, uh, if it starts to fit in with faster legions yeah 
it's a versatile little thing. Yeah, I mean, and, and like I say, against the Venator, when people's moan again about the blaster, I can understand them saying it's not maybe it's a little bit more pricey, but a Venator is 190 points for them two shots. Mm. You know, this, this is eight, 85 each, so what's that? 170 for two of them. So you gain two, which obviously you get two with the Ven, two shots with the Venator, but you get two in, two tanks themselves. So you, I don't think it's too yeah too out of sync with the pro points. But I think he's a short, much shorter range. So who wants to take us through the assault draw? Uh, sounds <laughs> like a. We're not many people wanting this, right? So we've got the Termite Assault Drill, which is front and side of 12 armor and rear 10, three hull points and ballistic score four. It's a tank. Uh, so there's a few different variations of this. So if you're Space Marines, which we probably you're going to be, you gain twin linked bolters for free. And it's 80 points. If you Mechanicum or Solo Auxilia, you gain two Heavy Flamers instead. So it's got special rules, Deep Strike, Serpent, Subterranean Assault, Death From Below, Melter Cutters and Crawling Fire. Uh, sorry, Crawling Advance. I was thinking, why has he got Crawling Fire then? Yeah, crawling Advance. Two Access Hatches and can carry 12 models which I think everyone loves that 12 models. That's, that's what people have been crying for rhinos to be yeah. for a long time. So, you know, you can have your HQ and your apothecary both in it. So it's 80 points for Astartes. Mechanicum is 85. Solar Exiliates 80. And Imperial Guard, basically, it's 75 points. So if you're a Legion's player, you can have a auxiliary drive. Used to be 10 points when the first uh, came out. Now it's 5 points. It's got extra armor for 5 points. Uh, armored Ceramite for 20 points. I don't think you're ever going to have that. And you can upgrade the weapons to either a twin-linked heavy uh, Volkite Charger or a Heavy Flame up for 5 points each. They used to be 10 points, so a nice drop drop there. So Mechanicum's got essentially the same. They can upgrade the uh, Volkai Charger uh, for free. And Solar Auxilia, for some reason, their extra armor used to cost 25 points, and now it costs 5. I think that must have been a misprint in the... Uh... Most likely, yeah. Yeah. They used to be able to have the Volkite Charger for free. Now it's five points. And the guard, uh, it actually lost Armoured Ceramite upgrade, which, let's find facts, that's not going to have, make any difference. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why anyone would ever use yeah. it. That's like putting Armoured Ceramite on a drop pod. Yeah. Like, it. it served its purpose. To, it's a delivery system. Yeah. So when... There's a new little rule side here, 
which is a termite with the assault drill, may be taken as dedicated transport for Legion destroyer squads. Uh, so that's quite new. Your storm sections, your flamers, your grenadiers. So that's all, all new. Or Silax, sorry, I should say as well. So that never used to be, it never used to be a, a dedicated transport option. So that's quite nice. That yeah. You should see them. And for, do we need to go through the rules? Because there's quite a lot with these. I think they, uh, they've pretty much stayed the same since yeah. they've been released. Yeah. So I can't run these as a Blood Angel player. I will be running them for my Cellar Auxilia though. With uh, heavy flat, well, with my flamers or my uh, choppy ones. So, jumping out with my power axes. I've already brought one, so that says I'm definitely going to use them <laughs> if I ever paint it or make it. So, what are we thinking? 80 points? It's, I mean, it's great. You get two extra additional shots. It's. It's a drop pod that can come up from the ground and have a little shooting weapon on it. It's a solid choice. Mm. You know, I don't I don't think anyone can complain by it. I think they've done a good job kind of balancing some of the stuff because a little of the points were wonky since last time. You know, as you mentioned with the ceramite. Um, I don't know. I still don't know why. And it, that was the first thing I checked too when, it, when the book came out why you're allowed to even put armor ceramide on it. I mean, fluff-wise, I, I get it, right? You're coming up through the ground, using melted cutters, I get it. But, like, you know, me as a player, I'm like, that's kind of the last thing I'm worried about. I'm worried about the squad that's coming out of it that's got some kind of trick up its sleeve. You know, yeah. that's what I'm going to be more worried about as a player. Yeah, I think I think if the armored ceramite... I know armored ceramite is a standard 20 points across most of the... Uh, units but i just can't see why you'd have that because it's basically 25 percent of what the cost would be to give you that option the, the only thing i can think of is it, unlike a drop rod which once it once it's down can't move around yeah. once once this comes up and loads it so you unload the destroyers let's say you take it as a dedicated transport for the legion destroyers your opponent's going to want to kill the destroyers, as you rightly said, Kyle. They they are the bigger threat. But then you do have this armoured vehicle with three hole points now in the backfield, denying, because it can't claim a, claim a or score a, um objective, but it will deny your opponent. You know, you could... So they have to then focus something on destroying it. Uh, and maybe that's where armoured ceramite just makes it a little bit more survivable if you want to make it if you have the points to burn by 25 yeah yeah, i I mean uh, precisely i mean i i I want i I often think you know drop pods should have you would and these type of vehicles that's supposed to drive through magma and all this kind of stuff why doesn't it come as standard if you're building it i agree with drop pods definitely should have it because i don't at the end at the end of the day it's not rule breaking no if my uh, dreadnought that i can throw throw from a spaceship into the upper atmospheres down to the planet or wherever from a storm eagle has it then i think he should 
because uh, understand the drop well, pod. Well, I, I think you make the the argument with the drop pod though. The the side that would be the facing is on the ground, and the door is essentially blown off. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like all the ceramic stuff, it's kind of like an exoskeleton. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a very good point. It's um... so I think he, the only time I could see taking it, which you wouldn't because you, you if you knew you was going to play Tide of Carnage, rule, I could see maybe you taking it then because tanks are scoring. So suddenly this vehicle would be a scoring unit, right? And that that would be quite if you've got say two or three of these. That would be quite nasty to have these as a scoring unit coming, mm. you know, coming up in your opponent's deployment zone, zone, uh, zone on objective, dumping out, especially if you're say a uh, guard player, where you can jump jump out your troops' choice and then have two essential troops on that objective, two scoring units. But, yeah, it, it definitely has its it has its play. I just feel like if I got twenty five points to burn, or all my sergeants tricked out with stuff, you know, all my characters tricked out with stuff, twenty five point, you know, that's two and a half marines. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't ever see me ever taking on the ceremony. Uh, what weapons would you give it then? I think that's it. I think I'd always pay the five points to upgrade. To either Volkite Charger or Heavy Flamer. I'd, I'd probably yeah. be tempted by the Heavy Flamer. Heavy, though, heavy Flamer. Yeah. I think Heavy Flamer. I think once, where, where it's where it's coming out on the battlefield, you know, you should be, hopefully you're going to be in that Heavy Flamer template range. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's an often overlooked weapon, the Heavy Flamer. Uh... Yeah, I I think it's a that that would be my choice. I'd take the heavy flamer, and just visually, you know, the idea of this thing coming up from underneath the ground, then burning a, a, a landing zone or a exit zone around it, and then your guys jump out and pour fire into the enemy. Yeah, I I, I mean it's it's an iconic unit from the history of Warhammer, um, forty thousand slash thirty k and epic and all these different games so and what's not to love about it what's not uh, to love yeah. about it i think it's totally i totally love it it's a different way of playing i think every every way that adds a different aspect to the game whether you're a, a, a salty army but drop pod army now all of a sudden you've got a different way of bringing units onto the battlefield i love it a different different threats so much which helps diversify the game absolutely so uh do you want to take us right guys so uh we're interesting we're gonna have to cut it there because the americans are absolutely knackered uh so we've and we've <laughs> gonna have a massive episode so we can do a few more next time or i might i can Maybe Matt wants to talk to him or, or something like that. But we'll find out. Yeah, it'd be but good. We're going to have to uh, cut it because the Americans need some, some sleep. 
Yeah, uh, Rick, sleeping memes. Yeah, Rick's gone already. Yeah, Rick's. Yeah. Well, I think everyone's even heard Rick falling asleep on the on the show. So, yeah. so the one thing I'm looking at is like, in two, two hours, my little boy's gonna wrestle up in okay. <laughs> like two hours. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Rick's got no stamina. So yeah, so uh, yeah. learns a cushion for the sleep was amazing. <laughs> And I think he fell asleep a couple other times. <laughs> so, right, so uh, joining us to go through the rest is Matt, because I'm sure you'll have heard uh, Rick and Kyle were starting to fall asleep because he was so late in the night there. So, good to have you back, Matt. Thank you very much. Good to be back. And uh, the next tank we've got to go through is the Legion Aquador Bombard. So... It's a four hull point tank, which is quite uh, unusual considering its front armor is 12, side 12, and back 10. It's a heavy type tank, with, and you can have one to three in a unit. It comes with three different weapon systems, all of them are the same price, so that's not too bad, no pain more. Uh, you get Two heavy bolters, smoke launchers, searchlight, and auxiliary drive. So you should always be able to move this, hopefully, as long as you can roll them four, four pluses. You can swap the heavy bolters for auto cannons for 10 points. You can also add twin links bolter, combi bolter for 5 points, or havoc launcher for 15. The other options are armored ceramite for 20 and extra armor for 10. So uh, do you want to talk us through the weapon systems, Matt? Absolutely. So uh, it comes stock with the Morbus Heavy bomb heavy Bombard. And this is kind of a, a mini version of what you see on Medusas. So it's got two weapon options, uh, two firing options. It's 24-inch range, strength 10, AP 2, ordnance 1, barrage, and large blast is the standard shot. Or you can fire carcass shells, which are 24-inch range, strength 2, AP 4, these are Ordnance 1, Barrage, Large Blast, Fleshbane, Ignores Cover, and Pinning. So immediately I look at this and I think it's basically exactly the same gun as on a Medusa, but you've got six inches less range. You're moving six inches a turn to fire with it, but I, I don't like getting my heavy weapons that close to the opponent personally. Um, the carcass shells, you're only really ever going to see these when you're fighting against anything like Militia. Um, ignores Cover and Pinning are very, very nice, but considering that you're firing... You can fire indirect, so you're ignoring intervening cover regardless. Um, and most of the time at AP4, you're allowing Marines to get their armor saved, so it's not super helpful. Um, you can then swap this weapon out for a Graviton, uh, Graviton Charge Cannon. This is a 24-inch range, strength asterisk, AP4. It's Ordnance 1, Large Blast, Barrage, Concussion, Graviton Pulse, and Haywire. So I had to double-check the Graviton Pulse when I first saw this rule. Um, I was wondering whether it was the Leviathan one or the regular one, and sadly it is the regular Graviton, so your opponent takes a strength test on a singular D6. If they pass it, uh, nothing happens. If they fail it, then they have to take an armor save. Um, I'm a little disappointed with this weapon, if, I've got, if I'm honest. If it had been the Leviathan weapon, um, where they were taking strength tests on 2D6, I thought that would be really good. But against most armies, Marines and such, you're only actually wounded on the equivalent of a 5-up here. Um, I just don't think it's that good of a weapon. And he's not even then, ignoring your armor either. 
Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So I think really this could have been done with being the Leviathan's uh, Gravflux Bombard instead. Even if it kept the AP4 just to cause more strength, uh, more wounds from the strength tests. Um, I suppose the Haywire is somewhat useful against vehicles, but personally I feel most of the time a strength 10 AP2 hit is going to damage vehicles almost as often as a Haywire hit. Yeah, and not for gaining sword and then say you get to roll two and pick. And with bar- Barrage, it hits the side armor, so... Absolutely. So yeah, you'll find the standard weapon just uh, damages a lot more. I suppose you've got something of a bonus with the Graviton because um, Graviton Pulse also means that you leave a template in place. So it becomes difficult and dangerous terrain. So maybe you can start spreading difficult and dangerous terrain in your opponent's deployment zone to slow them down. But a 24-inch range and 6 inches of movement per turn being a heavy tank, I just don't think you're going to see much use of this. Hang on a moment. I've got a demon baby crawling into the room. No worries. Just going to have to sort this deep. I swear it's a demon baby when oh, she crawls. Oh, God. All right. If she's crawling, that means she's not far off being able to paint for you. What are you doing, demon baby? Demon baby. No, you can't come in here, demon. Okay, sorry about that. Not a problem at all. Um, so, yeah, the third weapon option, and this is the one that's getting me quite tempted to try an Arquator out, um, is the Spicular Rocket System. It's a 24-inch range, strength 7, AP 3 shot. It's Ordnance 1. You can fire it either as a 5-inch large blast or a 7-inch, I believe it's called the Massive Blast, the 7-inch. Um, yeah, it's Rocket Salvo, Sunder, and Wrecker. So what Rocket Salvo does is you, when you fire, uh, you can place the template anywhere that's within range. It doesn't have to be on a model's base, uh, and then scatter as normal. Each unit under the blast marker's final position suffers a number of hits based on the blast marker size you used. So if you use the 5-inch blast, they take 5 hits. If you use a 7-inch blast, they take D6 plus 4 hits. And that's every unit, every vehicle with at least one model underneath that uh, template would uh, take the, all those hits. Uh, the seven inch though, if you roll a six on a, on the D6, then the weapon's exhausted its ammunition and may no longer be fired. Um, just checking the way I read that, I think you still get those 10 hits though. Oh yeah, so, yeah, I'd say you yeah. definitely gain. So I find that a really, really interesting weapon. I mean, strength seven with ordnance and sunder is quite nice. So you'd be rolling two D6 and then you can re-roll them if you failed pen. Yep. It's definitely, uh, I think it's more of a vehicle killer than most yes, vehicle squadrons. Like, I mean, obviously, God forbid if you take javelins against this. Yeah, it, obviously it's not going to hurt anything like a uh, bloody Land Raider size. But even so, it, Predators, with that Ordnance and Sunder, yes, you need sixes, but I, I dare say you go and go out there on basically four dice. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, he hasn't, yeah, that, he hasn't got I, barrage, so it, it will be hitting on the front. Just checking, yeah, seeing front. whether you hit on the front or the side. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose you're rolling four dice, essentially, so yeah. that's a pretty good chance of rolling at least one six on those four dice to do the damage. Um, I think it's a really interesting weapon, and I find the idea that you can uh, target it somewhere that isn't um, on a model, really, really interesting. But I mean, 
Well, when you think about it, if, say if you shoot either a Dreadnought or a Predator, you get a hit. That's five hits you get. And then yes. you gain D6, well, 4D6 on each armor penetration. Yeah. I can't yeah, see as, you. That's pretty huge. Yeah, I can't see you not killing. Yes, you can't kill it with one shot, but mm. you should be able to just take the hull points off to wreck it. Absolutely. Just be aware with this. If you're firing at vehicle units of vehicles, it's, it claims each unit underneath the blast marker takes it. So if you've got three predators, you're still only getting five hits against those three predators, which is nothing to scoff at. But you're better off. Um, Firing at individual vehicles with this, yeah, or, or, or things that are grouped together. Unless you get the seven-inch blast off. Yes. But I would be tempted if I was to field this to use a seven-inch later on in the game. Yeah. Unless everyone right at the start is very clumped together. Absolutely, but I mean, even using the seven-inch though, uh, the other bonus of this, while you can place it wherever you want, if you place it right over the center of a vehicle. By the time you take the ballistic skill four off your scatter and then take into account that it's a seven inch template, chances are most scatters you're still going to hit the thing you were targeting. Yeah, at the same point though, you'd rather try and get in between units, wouldn't you? Yes. Yes, most definitely. Try and get, I mean, if you get three units, even if it's only the five inch blast, 15 hits on them three units, or three different units, it could be AP3. That can be very deadly. I've, I have been looking at buying one of these, admittedly. Yeah, I've got to admit. So when I went back and started rereading this um, in preparation for this, uh, it got me really, really interested in doing it. I think what this uh, vehicle suffers from, and it's the same as several other vehicles when they bring them out suffer from, the one weapon, this particular weapon system, is so interesting and so good, it kind of outclasses every other weapon. That means if I'm ever taking an Arquitur, I'd pretty much just take that. Yeah, so, I mean, like like you said earlier, the Morbis, you're losing 12-inch range on the uh, Medusa. Yes, you are 15 points cheaper, but why would I just don't see the advantage of really having it? Yeah. I suppose that you've got two different uh, shells, but with AP4, then against Marines, you're still, you're still going to be getting the cover armor safe yeah. Strength 10, let's be honest, what are you not wounding on a 2-up with strength 10? Yeah. Um, there's the occasional model that's you a demon model that's used, um, I forget the name of the psychic power from Biomancy, Iron Arm. That's the only things I can think that can reach toughness 9. So Fleshbane is almost pointless on the carcass shells. Um, and yeah, as you say, ignoring cover is nice, but only if you can also ignore their armor save. Yeah. Um, the only place I could see actually using a Morbus heavy bombard would be if you're running a unit of two or three of these, take one with the Morbus and two with the uh, rocket system, and then you use the Morbus to try and take out their artificial armor sergeants and such before taking, then doing the wounds with the rocket system. That's a lot of points, though, to <laughs> That to is, do yeah, you're talking like 420 that. points base for and that. If you really wanted to do that, would you just not take a un units of Medusas? Yeah, absolutely. So I think Morbus Bombard, if you really, really like AP2, take it once you've used up your Medusa slot. Yeah. Because Medusa's being 0 to 1, of course, or Medusa units being 0 to 1. I mean, you, like you said, you do get an extra hull point, but when your front armor is 
12. It's a bit... I mean, if they would give you a front armor 13, then maybe you could have had the argument there that it is more uh, resilient than a Medusa. Yeah, but whole points 4 means nothing when Laz cannons are penetrating you on a 4-up. Yeah. Essentially, you're going to get exploded before you uh, get whole pointed out. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I like that they're bringing out new... Uh, weapons. I believe the Arcator was mentioned in one of the Heresy books uh, quite a while ago. So, um, I, it's, at very least, it's mentioned in the Siege of Terror books. So it's nice to see them kind of bringing a few more vehicles into the game. I always, I always like more options. Mm. I mean, I just, I mean, that Rocky system. They must have just thought, let's make the most complicated rule. Needlessly, <laughs> I mean, it's yes. a great rule, but you just, it's a bit. I think the. Um... I, I get that they're trying to play with the blast markers, but yeah, I think the weird, oh, well, any unit partially under it takes this many hits is a bit pointless. Just let us fire the uh, template wherever you want. Yeah. That's unique enough. But, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, but... I'd definitely have one. Absolutely. I mean, the, um, like... It's always a fun vehicle to say, hey... Do you want to have a five-minute rules discussion about a unit you've never seen <laughs> in a game with someone? I mean, the other thing about this, with uh, only 24-inch range, against certain armies, you'd struggle. If, you, if you're playing Imperial Fists and uh, Iron Warriors, then you, you're going to hate this weapon because you're going to have to really move forward because both players will really want to be sitting back. But if you've got some of these and you're fighting world eaters you'll be loving it yeah absolutely um so I, yeah i think as i say it's very interesting work. it's always nice to see something else brought in and yeah it's a bit situational but who doesn't love a new bombard weapon yeah it's all about shelling opponents infantries that's why uh, uh death guard and iron warriors are so popular yeah i think um Oh, sorry, John. No, I mean, especially with the Iron Warriors rules where they can all interlink their uh, templates. It's definitely uh, good for them. Yeah, um, and I'd be interested to see how this uh, works with the Iron Warriors Right of War where your templates don't scatter as long as you target one of your own units. Yeah, that... We may have to wait for an FAQ on that, but would it be as long as your unit is partially under this template, you also then don't scatter it? Yeah. Which yeah. could be pretty powerful. Yeah, well, let's face facts. If anyone's going to make it powerful, it's the Iron Warriors, isn't it? It <laughs> yeah, does, it does so. really fit them, even though it's got Eye of Horus on the uh, picture. But And it's such a pretty tank as well. I didn't like it when it first came out, but the more I look at it, I really, really like it. Yeah, well, I thought, oh, it's, it's back to the Griffin days. But, yeah. You know, that is a really nice-looking tank. It'll be interesting to see if they use this... Uh, style tank for other weapons on the back so yes, how they use the Sikoran style and just changed different parts you know yeah it is quite a it is a good looking tank yeah it's big as well it's a big tank yeah. which i like I mean, um i mean when so i remember first seeing it and everyone's going oh it's just a Sikoran backwards but it's so much bigger than a Sikoran yeah, I, I was one of those. I thought it was just a backward Sikoran. Um, but yeah, then they released more pictures. I was like, wow, okay, it's massive. 
Um, going on the weapon options as well, uh, swapping heavy bolters for autocannons. No point. Would you ever do it? No. I am torn on it because whilst it does give you a nice option if your main weapon gets blown up, uh, with ordnance it's not really any point taking it otherwise because they're, they're just snap shooting. Um, yeah, it's a nice op option if your main weapon gets blown up. However, on the other hand, do you really want to pay 10 points for that? And it's a slow-moving vehicle, so water cannons like being able to get to rear armors. This isn't going to be hitting rear armors. Yeah, I think I think the only time you really can think about doing that is if you have the rocket system and you're unlucky with that seven-inch blast. If you're thinking every single turn I'm going with the seven-inch blast, then that might be worth it, knowing that if it does, you've still got two auto cannons. Yeah, that's true, and it's not horrendously expensive. It's ten points to swap both. It's not yeah. ten points each. Um. Yeah, I suppose the the vehicle has minimal other weapons, and I probably wouldn't bother with anything else. Uh, extra armor at ten points—that's an increase in extra armor cost. I'd, I'd be tempted. Five. I'd probably put a twin-linked bolter on or combi weapon just to try and, if you do get that weapon destroyed result, just to try and put you on that. I yeah, I I am a fan of um, a five-point combi melter on a vehicle, and then if your main weapon gets blown up, you can still get a melt gun behind your opponent. Yeah. But again, that works when vehicles are quite fast. With heavy, you're only moving six inches a turn. Oh, I, yeah, I wouldn't put a melter on it. I'd, I'd probably yeah. just have the have a normal twin-linked bolter, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah, okay, I think we've talked enough on that one, haven't we? Absolutely. So we'll move on to the Derrideo. Yeah. Um, so with the Derrideo, obviously Derrideo has been out for a while. I'm not going to talk through everything. I think maybe we should just talk about the new options. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to go through everything if you want. But Well, see, do we count the shield as a new option? Because let's face facts, uh -huh. that, uh, how many years ago was that shown? And it's never come out. Yeah, I was going to say, it's still a non-option. Yeah. It doesn't exist. I mean, every single weekend, every, someone would always say, when's this coming out? And then yeah. never have an option. There was, yeah. there was that and the uh, Iron Hands uh, contemptor because he always Coming went back, out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's all um, Thunderhawk Transporter now. That's what we keep <laughs> asking. <laughs> yeah, people will be scanning a plastic one. Yeah. Now, um, about, before anyone says anything, that's not me confirming there's a plastic one. It's just obviously <laughs> everyone's been saying. We're going to get a plastic Thunderhawk. I think that's probably more likely than uh, the transporter coming back. I can't see that ever coming back, to be honest. No, I would love to see it back, but I don't think so either. No. However, yeah, please, Forge, will bring out that shield because I want to use it as a um, void shield. I've got, I have a Warhound Titan here at home that uh, the void, I've lost the void shields from the top of it. So I wanted them to bring that Atomantic Pervase out so I can glue two of those to the top of my Warhound and have Void Shields again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I'm going to mainly talk about the Volkite Falconet, yeah. which actually changed. One of the few things I've ever seen that has, uh, between its playtest rules and its released rules has changed. And the nice new... Uh, Oh, which one's the new missiles? The four Boreas yes. air defense missiles? Yeah, the air defense. Excellent. So if you don't know about Derrideos, um, quickly run through them. They're very similar to Contemptor Mortis stats. So they're weapon skill 4, blister skill 5, strength 6, 13, 12, 11 armor. 
uh, four initiative, one attack, and three hold points. Uh, they have they come stock with a twin-linked uh, ambulance pattern autocannon battery, a torso-mounted twin-linked heavy bolter, smoke launchers, searchlight, and extra armor. Um, as I, uh, in special rules, they have the automatic shielding special rule, which is the same as just regular contemptors get, uh, giving them the five-up in against shooting and explosions and six-up in close combat, and an extra one-inch uh, if they explode. And they have a helical targeting array, which if you choose not to run or move during your turn, you gain Skyfire and Interceptor for that entire game turn. That is both your turn and your opponent's following turn. For all weapons except the heavy bolters or the heavy flames, you can swap those bolters out for. As I said, I'm not going to go through all the weapon systems, but obviously some of those special rules uh, uh, affect the newer weapons it's got. I've just so, noticed a really nerdy uh, rule argument you could have. And I'm not saying you, you would... Because I think you're a dick if you try to argue this. But because it says, except heavy bolters and heavy flamers, Blood Angels can change them heavy flamers for assault cannons. But because he doesn't say assault cannons... That's very true. I'm sure someone would try and argue that, but... That needs to be FAQ'd. No, I don't <laughs> think it does, let's face facts. Why would you ever believe that? Well, no, that's true. But unlike lots of the times we have those little um, rules... Uh, discussions. This one actually matters because those assault cannons are pretty nasty with the Skyfire. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I would definitely say that they can't benefit from that. Yes. You know, I yes. I just wouldn't <laughs> accept the even as a Blood Angel player, I would not accept the argument that they could. No. Like, like then people who try to uh, get feel no pains against instant death. It's just yep. yeah, there's. I just definitely don't agree with that. But anyway, sorry, I'm interrupting you. Yeah, no, not at all, not at all. Um, so the Volkite Falconet battery. It's a 30-inch range, strength 7, AP 5 weapon. It's heavy 6, deflagrate, and pinning. So the change that this got, I believe instead of pinning, it used to have... Oh, I can't remember exactly the name of the rule, but you could cause extra wounds um, more than the deflagrate wounds wasn't it yes did you, call, did you cause a leadership check and if they failed that they took some extra wounds i did actually, after, right? uh, just one I did actually i did actually write this down it's terrible that i don't know because i i actually have a derrideo with that weapon and have used it several times but i cannot remember okay. neural i think it was neural shock yeah it's somewhat okay so yeah uh neural overload Excellent. What did it do? I can't remember. Because <laughs> I didn't, for some reason, I didn't fucking write it down. Let's have a... Okay, I'll tell you what. You go through the rest. I'll see if I can yeah. find you on the internet. Well, it doesn't hugely matter what it used to do. Yeah. It was something <laughs> along the lines of... Yeah, it was something along the lines of they took a morale check um, and potentially took extra wounds after the deflagrate wounds. Or maybe it didn't have deflagrate and just had that. Um, but either way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, forget we talked about it. Um, so, yeah, this this is an interesting weapon. Uh, I can see where they're going with it, with pinning and deflagrate. Uh, I just don't think it pumps out enough shots to be worth it on a... It's a 20-point upgrade, so you're talking 205-point unit just to be able to take six strength 7 AP5 shots with pinning and deflagrate. I think the the problem is the what it comes with is such a good weapon. Yes. 
I mean, yeah, the 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 Anvilus Auto Cannon Battery is just so good. Yeah, I mean, strength. It's already got one more uh, strength. It's still four mm-hmm. shots. Yes, yeah, so you're losing two shots, but you've got Sunder as well. So it's also twin linked, whereas the Volkai isn't. Yeah. I mean, so. let's for it. Defrag rate is nice, but you don't get that many wounds from it. No. No, not at all. Um, so it's it's a nice enough weapon if you're looking for something that's a little bit anti-infantry um, on a Derrideo, go for it. But generally speaking, I think you'd be better off uh, finding Volkite weapons elsewhere. So, however, it d- does slightly win because Volkite weapons are just the coolest weapons in the game. Yeah, they do look cool to be fair. <laughs> so, neural overload was any infantry unit that suffers at least one wound from this weapon must immediately take a leadership test once all attacks have been resolved. If the leadership is failed, that unit may only snap fire. Oh, okay. So actually, that's not that different, depending. No. I think, to be fair, some, sometimes I, I just think it's better just giving it pinning because it just Simplicity. saves that looking up. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, as I said, I've got one of these um, and have used it several times. And yet, sorry, give me just a second. No worries. Yeah, so basically I've um, I've got one of these and yet I still always forgot what it did. So, yeah, I think you're right. Pinning is just, just a better way, just for simplicity anyway. So, and yes, the other new weapon they get is the Boreas Air Defense Missiles. I absolutely love these. They're a range of 48 inches, strength 8, AP 2. They're heavy 1, heat seeker, independent tracking, and they're 1 use, but you do get 4 of them for 24 points. Uh, so, independent tracking. This weapon may fire at a different target to that of the Derrideo's other shooting attacks if desired and ignores intervening obstacles to line of sight in open terrain. Uh, when firing at vehicles, it attacks their side armor value. So you're talking strength 8, hitting on side armor, don't need, essentially don't need line of sight to hit them, and AP2 is absolutely phenomenal. Um, Heat Seeker means that Jinx saves may not be taken against this spe- uh, weapons with this special rule. So if you're shooting these at skimmers or shooting them at flyers by using the helical targeting array, um, you're pretty certainly going to blow a flyer out of the air with them. They are an absolute steal for 24 points. In fact, the only downside of them is they use the space of the Aeolios, whatever it is, missile launcher or the automatic pervase. If you've converted an automatic pervase, because of course they don't exist. <laughs> Um, yeah, so a couple of interesting things I find with these air defense missiles. I actually prefer to use them for ground defense. Punish your opponents if they ever leave any of their characters out of a unit. <laughs> you can insta-death them with a with a missile. And I've seen some people use them in such a way uh, that you could fire... Technically, rules is written, you can fire all four of them at independent targets. Yeah, I don't agree with this at all. Nor do I. Don't do it. Technically, you can, but come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's using the... Oh, well, it's one use, and you're using one missile against each different target. That just mm. doesn't... I don't... Yeah, it's, I suppose it's the same type of people that the assault cannons shoot at. Yes. <laughs> so I'd like to see... There, there's a few ways they can fix this, um, these air defense missiles. Firstly, I'd really like to see these have gained Skyfire as a standard instead of having to stay still to get it. Not necessarily to boost their use, but because then you're not firing them at ground targets. I mean, they're called air defense missiles. It seems a bit weird to me that they're really, really good against ground targets. 
but also, yeah, they need to to fix the fact that you can fire all four of them at separate targets in some way. Either FAQ it and say you can't do it, or only let you shoot one of them per turn. I just think he should just say the it counts as a whole uh, weapon system. Yeah. You know, you can't just say, oh, each missile is individual. It's the yeah. whole weapon system itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty happy with these changes on the Derrideo. As soon as they released the Derrideo with the uh, rules for these, I ordered one with the Volkite weapons and the air defense missiles to, to back up my other one that's got... What's the main weapon? It's got the air, the autocannons. Yeah. It's, the, it's an odd point system, though, isn't it, for 24 points? Yes. Yes, uh, 24 points. So I guess it's because they're six points each. Yeah, but it's just a very... You know, normally it's something like 25 is rounded off, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea why they decided to make them 24 points. But enjoy that one extra point. Yeah. And buy half of a bolter for a centurion. Well, yeah, I mean, you never know. You yeah. might just take you below your uh, amount you need. Yes. Um, but I think the Derrida is in a really weird place anyway, in that arguably its best main weapon is the one that comes for free and then you pay increases to get any of the other weapons none of which are as good oh, i don't know the last cannon the last cannon battery is very good but it's very expensive yeah it's 50 points extra yeah. i mean that is really expensive right anyway moving on and we're getting into um militia and solar auxilia units yeah, i love these little tanks i mentioned it earlier brought free <laughs> how does it feel to have bought the last three that were in stock only for them to go back in stock like three months later you see i'm i'm not <laughs> fussed at all i'm i'm more glad that things are coming back in stock yeah because i think we all was worried when things suddenly started going out of stock again especially for something like the aurochs uh that isn't very old yeah it's only been out what two three years I could understand it going out purely because it's a lot cost-wise. It's <laughs> for thirty-five points, you're spending a, a fair few pounds for one of them. You know, yeah. it's it's, it's not worse than the javelin. Yeah, it's it's not exactly. Uh, it is a great-looking tank. They are. They're absolutely fantastic. You know, but yeah, it doesn't exactly help your army too much. No. Um, so the Aurochs is essentially a rhino. The Solar Auxilia one is 35 points. It's Ballistic Skill 3 rather than 4, uh, compared to a regular Rhino. It's front side 11 and rear 10 armor and 3 hull points. Uh, it is a tank. It comes with a heavy stubber base. Its special rules are Explorator Adaption. I believe that's the Solar Auxilia rule that gives them... Is it an Invan save and essentially... Yeah, it's, it's against... Uh, Dose Blade. Yeah, it's against Blast, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's an Invan against Blast, and it is pretty much a Dozer Blade, but I could be completely wrong on that because I've never used Solar Auxilia. So it it gives it a 6-plus save against Blast or Template weapons. It counts as Void Hardened in games where it might have effect. Failed Dangerous Train checks can be re-rolled. So, I mean, that's a nice little bonus. Um, so if you compare it to... A rhino, because that's the closest thing to it. You're basically swapping one ballistic skill out to gain all those special rules, and you gain a heavy stubber instead of a twin link bolter, which could arguably be better. Yeah. It's got three access points, one on each side and one at the rear. It's got fire points, so two models can fire out the Aurochs' top hatch. Uh, it can take ten models, but can't carry anyone with a bulky, very bulky, or extremely bulky special rules. It can take extra armor for five points. 
and it can swap its heavy stubber out for a heavy flamer for five points or a multi-laser for three. You'd have, I'd have the multi-laser. Yeah, every time. Um, a heavy stubber is just out and out worse than a multi-laser, I yeah, think. Yeah, I don't understand. I can understand if it was uh, five points, but yeah. why would is you the stubber, swap it? Is the stubber AP5 compared to the multi-laser's AP6? That's the only thing I can think But No, I mean, take the multi-laser. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's better. I was just going to say, even if it it doesn't really matter. So the multi laser is three six strength six, uh, AP six heavy three. Yeah. So, but let's face facts. We all know neither of them are going to be AP three, which yeah. anyone wants. So it doesn't really matter. It just matters with what shoot shot you gain. I'm just trying to find the stubber. Yeah, and no. generally speaking, against things that are. If if the stubber is AP five, you still you want to be wounding more often, like you do with a multi laser, and it kind of makes up for it instead of ignoring a five up armor. I always feel um, when it comes to things like militia, the five up armor save is okay. I know some people take regular militia over levies because they have five up armor instead of six, but when you're being shot at, most of the time you're going to be able to claim a five up cover save from somewhere. So this unit can be taken as a dedicated transport option for auxiliary tactical command sections. Velataris storm sections and auxiliar flamer sections comprised entirely of infantry numbering no more than 10 models so it's quite nice to have a, a cheap little option in solar auxilia instead of the massive drackers and tank that they normally get yeah a bit more just maneuverability isn't it giving you you want you're only going to be putting them storm models in the flamers or volkite ones or paraxes yes most definitely um, and, and just generally speaking, rhinos um, and rhino equivalents like this are useful for just being able to block up firing lanes, uh, stop charges. There's all sorts of uses uh, for, for a small army of tiny tanks. Yeah. So looking at it then, there's the equivalent vehicle in the Imperialis Militia and Cults. It's the same stats, comes with the Heavy Stubber again. It's 25 points instead of 35 points, but does not have the Explorator Adaption upgrade. And the only chain upgrade it can take is a heavy flame of five points. It can be taken as a dedicated transport for platoon command cadres and militia grenadier squads. And again, you can only take it if you no, don't number more than 10 models. Um, it's in a weird place for the militia. It's okay for command squads to be able to take one, but grenadier squads comprising entirely of infantry and no, numbering no more than 10 models means you cannot take a Grenadier squad with any special weapons and still take this Rhino equivalent. I think, yeah, it's it's where in the Solar, I'd say, if you're not taking another transport, it is a must-take every time. In the Militia, I actually find, uh, find it hard to find a reason to take it. I mean, I've just found the heavy stubber rules for what it's worth. Oh, please. Yeah, yeah. I had a feeling it was Strength 4, which is, it's the same range yep. as the multi-laser. It's got AP yep. dash... And it's still three shots. Oh, okay. So so it's just out and out worse. So yeah, yeah. I so guess you, they've, they've put that option on the Solar just in case you've got it modelled with the Heavy Stubber. You've, you've bought three of these. Do they come with the Heavy Stubber modelled? Yeah, I believe they do, yeah. Yeah. But I, I believe you still get the, uh, what do you call it, uh, multi-laser. Oh, you get it in the, in the back? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a strange one. They've got to really make it that you can use it for any of the... Uh, one saying so you might not be using it for solar, so they've got to give you both options. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose the idea is if you put the heavy stubber on it and for some reason a reverse to magnets, you can use it in either force. You can use it in a solar force. Maybe there's something we're missing. I and mean, if there is, please write in and tell us. But I can't figure it out. I think we, it's one of them things. It's a shame because we don't see solar auxilia as much as we'd like. 
No. So, yeah, and then moving on to the Saturnine Pattern Carnodon Strike Squadron for the Solar Auxilia. So these are your Predator equivalents. Uh, 65 points per model. They're 1 to 3 in a unit for a heavy support slot. Blissett skill 3, front armor 12, side armor 11, rear armor 10, and 3 hull points. Uh, they're a tank. They come with a Volkite Culver in base and two sponsor-mounted Volkite Calibers. They have a searchlight, smoke launchers, and again, the Explorator Adaption upgrade. So the entire squad can take extra armor for 5 points. They can change their Volkite Culver in for a twin-linked multi-laser for 5 points, a twin-linked autocannon for 5 points, or a twin-linked las cannon for 20 points. They can then change their sponsor-mounted Volkite Calibers for either two Heavy Flamers for two points per model, two Heavy Bolters for two points per model, uh, multi-lasers for five points per model, autocannons for ten points per model, or las cannons for 30 points per model. They can then take a pintle-mounted heavy stub of five points or a multi-laser for ten. So, these are, well, yeah, again, one of those times that I'm struggling to see a reason to take something that's not its stock Volkite, but I love Volkite. Oh, to be, to be fair, I quite like the uh, multi-laser. Yeah. I like the multi-lasers on top and giving multi-lasers on the side, and then you've got a tank that, well, for 65 points. Well, it won't be. It'll be 70... Uh, 85 points, I think. Yeah, it can kick out so many uh, shots. That's very sure. Multi-lasers are, what, three shots each? Yeah. So you've got nine, nine regular and three um, uh, twin-linked yeah. shots with that. And if you want, you can always equip them on the side as well. Yes. Uh, oh, that, yeah, that's mount. what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can see that. That's pretty good. That is a lot of shots coming out from a unit. I mean, it, it's one of them. I think the Volkite weapon is very good. So I could easily see having both, to be honest. Mm. Uh, but... I think I'd keep the Volkite Culver in. I wouldn't bother taking the Twin Link Multilaser as a main weapon. But I could see swapping the side weapons out and putting the Pintle Mounted one. Because they're the same strength, aren't they? They're strength six anyway. Yeah. So keeping the Volkite Culver in means you're swapping Twin Linked out for one extra shot and the flag rate. And yeah. you're saving yourself five points. Um, I'm sure there's people out there screaming at their uh, at their screens at the moment saying no you can't take mixed weapons it'll look weird but for for from my standpoint i'd probably yeah go with volkite culver and main weapon multi-laser on the top and then if you've got the points put multi-lasers on the sides as well i mean the only thing you the other uh, question you could have is the heavier bolters that's two points that's cheap yes you're losing one in strength but you know that's yeah, really cheap one in strength but gain one in shots that is a really that's yeah that's not a bad one and quite often you have well, you won't two points Ed, you won't this gain, is where you can use that oh sorry go on. sorry you won't gain any in, uh in shots well because heavy bolters are free and multi-lasers are free oh i was comparing them to the volkite calibers it comes with oh sorry yeah so it comes with volkite calibers stock which uh, is two yes. shots strength six ab five um and yeah, you're swapping out for AP4, which is a boost, three shots and strength five. Yeah, I can see. Two points seems, again, an interesting amount of models. So a full squad of these is going to cost you six points to mm. change them all to heavy bolters. That's not bad. Um, yeah, overall, actually, I like the look of most of the weapons on this, apart from the last cannons. I think, um, I remember last show, I think it was Rick said something about how Forge World seems to think fear is a much better rule than it is. I think it's the same with Las Cannons. Forge World seems to think Las Cannons are a lot better than they actually are. For these to be an anti-tank, which you'd want Las Cannons um, all over it, I'd rather just take a Vanquisher, which, yes, yeah. it's more points, but you've got 
much better armor yeah. and much better ability, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, you can take your twin link las cannon on the top and las cannons on the side and pretend to be a predator, but you're almost doubling the cost of the model at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, options are always nice. Uh, I, I think the Carnadon was a very, very welcome option for the Solar and for the Imperialist Militia. Um, because it just gave you more more weapon options, more vehicles you can take. Yeah, and I think the Volkite on the top does look cool. Yes. It looks really cool. It's, it is a great-looking tank. It is. Really, really nice little vehicle. I, um, I've got a few converted ones up for my militia force, and I, I absolutely love them. The other option says the auto cannon. I don't think I'd probably have this. That I think I'd rather go with the less strength and have an extra shot. But... Twin-linked auto cannon could be a bit of a help against flyers, I suppose. Especially if you've got a unit of three of them. And it's not exactly breaking the bank. No. If you've got some way to get these around the side, if these were fast vehicles or something, or you have some way to outflank them, I think the autocans are really good. I'm a huge fan of autocans. They have consistently been one of my favorite weapons in the game um, since before I even played Heresy. I've always enjoyed autocannons, but... I think, especially in the Heresy, uh, you need to be able to get your autocannons around and hit side armors or rear armors to, okay. to do much with them. Um, and so going on, same vehicle, uh, but it's the standard Carnadon Strike Squadron for the Imperialist Militia and Cults. It's their 60 points a model here instead of 65. Same stats, Ballistic Skill 3, Front Armor 12, Side Armor 11, Rear Armor 10, and 3 hull points. You get one to three of them, again for a heavy sports slot. These ones come with twin-linked autocannon base, sponsor mounted twin linked flare oh, sorry two sponsor mounted heavy flamers on the side searchlight and smoke launchers uh, these are a bit more limited on what you can take you can swap the flamers for heavy bolters for free or autocannons for five points per model and you can take a pintle mounted heavy stubber for two points per model um what do we think about this one uh I'd, i'm always a fan of swapping things like heavy flamers for bolters to be honest heavy mm -hmm. bolters I just don't. I'm not really keen on tanks having flamers because I think if ever, unless you've got a hellhound, which obviously is, isn't in the heresy, but if you've got men close enough for you to use a heavy flamer, then you're in trouble already. Yeah, it'd be different if you could um, if you could Overwatch. Yeah, with a heavy flamer or something. Yeah, but yeah, I'd definitely have the uh, heavy bolters every single day. I think for five points, I'd swap to the autocannon every time because uh, you've got a twin-linked autocannon as your main weapon and you've got no options to change it. Yeah. So you may as well go with the same weapon every time. Yeah. Um, so it makes it 65 points and then, yeah, it's a lot of shots. Six shots, strength seven. Yeah. Fit three of those in for 200 points. And let's not forget, Dreadnought, if you're shooting six shots against a Contemptor, you're still going warrior opponents. Yeah, you're going to force at least a little bit of damage. Um, javelin speeders, regular land speeders, even flyers to an extent, you're probably going to force them to jink. Yeah. And most of the time when I'm trying to shoot flyers out of the sky, all I'm aiming to do really is force my opponent to jink. And that's, that's good enough. Yeah, unless they've got something like a fire raptor where it's got machine spirit and everything. Yes. But, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, definitely... I agree, I'd probably shoot choose the auto cannons but equally i wouldn't be adverse if i was slightly over having the heavy bolters it's not a bad choice at all 
Yeah, if you're hurting for points and really need to, let's say you've got a squadron of these, um, really need those 15 points elsewhere, uh, heavy bolters are, are a good option. Yeah. Um, I think more with the militia one, though, from what I find at least, militia armies rarely are, are struggling for points. You've usually got a few points to spare with a, with a militia force because everything's so cheap. Um, whereas with the Solar Auxilia one, I could see sticking with the stock weapons or taking the cheap sponsons, the heavy bolters, uh, for example, because you've got a lot more fancy toys to spend your points on. Yeah, and uh, I definitely enjoy seeing these on the tabletop because they do look cool. Yes. Um, yeah, the, the, the standard tank that um, Forge will released for both this and the Aurochs are definitely the Saturnine pattern. It, it suits the Solar Auxilia much more than it suits the Imperialist Militia. Yeah. But that's the joy of a Militia force. You want to convert everything up. So I think I've got I've got one built and I've got one more waiting to be built and I've built it out of the Goliath tank. Oh yeah. Because my militia are all themed around like a um, a mining cult that's gone rogue. Bastards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gone against the Emperor, as have almost all my forces. Um but yeah, so I I use the Goliath tank just with some heavy bolters uh, sorry, some autocannons essentially strapped onto it. So that pretty much covers all the uh, units we've spoke about in the book obviously because we're recording ridiculously early in the morning and i'm <laughs> sure that if anyone's listening to this they've already heard rick fall asleep which was funny <laughs> uh is there anything you want to go through the other units you know um, the saber tank you've obviously got one of them painted yeah up. i mean I I can briefly touch on, so Sabres, uh, I imagine you mentioned in it, the Volkite Saker became a free swap, which yep. from the start I thought was a really, really good uh, way they should have gone. So now you can take the Sabres with all Volkite, which is 10 Volkite shots at strength 6, uh, for 80 points per model. Um, I've used these a couple of times now, a unit of two of them. They're pretty, well, they're fast vehicles, so they get around the... Um, the the field very well and hit rear armors side armors and just units that are trying to hide i think they're a really fantastic unit at the moment um and i think they take the place of what javelins have previously done for me which is try and hole point out vehicles and i think it's always nice when you've got a unit in the game like the javelin that is pretty much a must take in almost every army to have something else that is in the same slot and does the same kind of thing adds variation yeah we we was talking that these are the points do seem to fit with these, uh, whereas the javelins are just ridiculously cheap. Javelins are far, far too cheap. Um, Forge World, again, if you're listening, the way I would fix javelins is very simple. Uh, make the LAS cannon the standard at the points it currently is, and make the missile launchers a 10-point upgrade. It'd jump missile launch javelins by 20 points, and I think that would make them a bit more balanced. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really happy with the Sabres. Uh, if you want to do a tank squadron, you can now fit tanks in. Or uh, if, you're, if you're playing um, Armoured Breakthrough, yeah. or you if can you... now fit tanks in almost every slot, which is always fun. Yeah, or if you're playing one of the new uh, Dark Angel ones. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think Sabres are absolutely fantastic. Um, the big winner in my book, Hussar squadrons are all right. Um I, again, I like having the option. I was doing a bit of maths on them earlier, and for roughly the same point, so 
five hussars with the twin-linked snub rotor cannons comes in at about the same cost as 10 tactical marines with extra combat weapons and a rhino with a multi-melter. And they come out very, very similarly on against other marines, how many they'd kill with their firing, which I think is shows really good playtesting on Forge Wars part. They've really priced hussars well. Yeah, well, we, um, we was talking about this, that so we probably wouldn't have that many uh, router cannons with them, to be honest. Just what maybe no. one or two, but yeah, you the have hit to and run the entire is squad, I think. Entire squad may replace the twinning bolt. Actually, it doesn't say they have to all do it. Yeah. So um. Yeah. Hussars are definitely geared more towards close combat. Um, they're a nice cheap bike unit if you want to uh, take a, a bike praetor or something like that. Um, I've bought. I want to say about 30 chaos bikes for my night lords to, to build hussars with because I really like the idea of them. Um, but my favorite new unit is the Jetbike Skyseekers. I love this book uh, for the Jetbike Skyseeker squad. Um, we did talk quite a bit about this unit because we were all quite excited. Yeah, just quite simply. 100 points. Yes, they're not the toughest guys in the world, but it's 100 points for a very fast scoring unit. They can give all your other infantry plus one ballistic skill. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> so we had a bit of a uh, debate on would you just keep this as a three-man squad or would you add more? I have built three and intend to just keep it as a three-man squad. To my mind, if I was going to add more guys, I'd probably rather just take a second squadron. Mm. When you consider only one-third of the rulebook uh, missions, the standard six missions, only one-third of them give kill points. Yeah. So the extra unit giving away kill points isn't that big of a deal. Uh, you'd talk in, if you took three more guys, uh, it'd be 25 points more to split those off and make a second squadron of them, and suddenly you can, quote-unquote, mark a light um, two units instead of one. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I think that... These two new units, White Scarf players, and obviously anyone who wants to play Wing will be really happy with this. It gives them extra few options, which they can easily make a Femi army around. And it does, and it gives you a couple of cheaper options in uh, options bikes and jet bikes that have traditionally been very expensive. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the uh, models when they come out. Yes, yeah, uh, if they come out, they, they, they may just leave these as a non, non-modeled units because uh, the Hussars very much fit standard bike rules very well. And the well, I suppose the Jetbike Skyseekers, they're probably going to have to come up with something for these. Uh, I don't know if S-Stock pattern Jetbikes have been a thing before. I've seen a few people uh, wanting to use Samael's Jetbike mm. to convert those because they match the really old, really, really old um, Forge World... Uh, no, uh, was it the Visions of Heresy a f- a uh, few, artwork? Yeah, a few people use the uh, Custodes ones as well, don't they? Yes, that's what I've done. I've used the Custodes ones. Um, I like the idea of the Samuels one, but I didn't want to buy three Samuels yeah. <laughs> to make a unit that's I mean, 100 he, points. Is he fine cast now, or is he still metal? I mean, that's... Either way, I'm not inclined to have to cut that model up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I use the Custodes ones, uh, the plastic Custodes ones. And honestly, getting three um, Chaos Bikers to put on them, 
they didn't take a huge amount of work. I probably managed to build all three of them in one night. Mm. So um, I, th I think they fit really, really well for it. So, uh, right, so that pretty much covers all that, the new units. Uh, do you want to tell uh, the listeners what you've been doing? Well, you've been up to because obviously you've you've missed the start of the show where we just talked crap. So uh... <laughs> absolutely, yeah. So I've been working on my Night Lords, uh, unsurprisingly. Uh, I've got a few different forces sat in in the cabinets waiting to be painted, both for Heresy and for uh, other games like Age of Sigmar. But I've been mostly working on my Night Lords recently, ever since this book dropped. It got me really excited about them again. Uh, right now on my paint desk is the last six veterans to finish off my 2000 point Terra Marine list. Um, I built those three jet bikes I mentioned. I've done 25 Terra Marines in the last week or so. Um, as I was telling you before we started recording, uh, I, I, because I'm on my last week of furlough from work at the moment, I have done over 50 hours of painting in the last eight days. So I'm starting to burn out a little bit on it, but I'm so close to finishing it off. And really, I'm just trying to keep myself occupied until Forge World released the Contacar Terminators, because I know as soon as they come out, I'll be getting 15 of those. I just don't understand how you can have that moment of realizing you've paint, painted everything. It's just, yep. I can't ever, from when I started the hobby, I don't think I've ever even come close to that feeling. <laughs> I think in my first year after I started the hobby, I ran out of things to paint, and that was the only time I've ever, ever not had something to paint. I mean, no, that, I've got. For, <laughs> I, I think as a gamer, you're you're rarer than a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it hasn't happened since then, and that was fifteen years ago. Um, but yeah, heresy-wise, this is just on my heresy stuff that I've still got on my table to do. I've still got probably 30 tactical marines, about a, about five terminators, um, and then 80 models for... I'm working on a militia force that's going to be Comrade's little mutant buddies that they mention in this book. Um, and so there's about 80 infantry to do for that. And then I've painted two of my three warhounds so the third one needs to get on the painting table soon yeah i'm not in the new year i think i'm gonna to have to do something big whether it's the mastodon or i think <laughs> i think hand. for you the biggest thing would be cataloging what you've got oh no if, if you, i think <laughs> i've shown you the pictures of just them really useful yeah. boxes i just it's it is disgusting how much I have, but at the end of the day, I was single and I was earning good money, so I just used to blow everything. Oh, so, it makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Support Forge World. Yeah, I mean, it's, but... At the, at the end of the day, as we keep telling them we want a new plastic box set or we want more heresy stuff, well, we may get that if we start making it more profitable. Yeah. I think that, like as I've said before, I think next year is going to be... It's got to be a big year with how they've started changing they've really started focusing on heresy i think i'm hoping that it's going to be a big year but obviously isn't like forge world or like games workshop look what happens to fantasy when that start start dying off they're just they're just ruthless with it now they've got they were but i i think they learned from that actually yeah. and uh game, even when games aren't doing quite so well they're not willing to squat them well i mean the only thing we're really waiting for is Dark Mechanicum, isn't it? 
And I think that's the yeah. only thing I'm concerned with is will black books dry up a bit going forward? Well, I think they've shown with this black book, though, they can reprint an old Legion and make it feel very fresh. Yeah. And I wouldn't be opposed to I wouldn't be opposed to buying a black book next year, year after whatever. That's just say book one, but all all the Legions in it are redone. They well, can come up with a new campaign, but the same four forces, whatever it was in there, but all completely redone in the same vein as Night Lords. I mean, this this was Alan talking at the weekenders, so, you know, it's will we'll changed a bit. But he was adamant that he wanted to rewrite all the legions as they went through because as the heresy unfolded, they all changed, all the Primarchs changed, so he actually wanted different versions of the Primarchs as the heresy progressed with, you know, how they uh, unfolded. So maybe it's stats increasing or decreasing. Yeah, and even Legions, because um, obviously mostly it was the traitor ones that changed like that, where they um, they, they they had, well, they became demons. Um, but even Legions like the Iron Hands, they changed massively post-Istvan. And I'd really like to see rules to represent that the raven guard maybe rules to represent their weird horror things there's a lot they can do with both sides of the heresy i think i think some of the loyalist primarchs would change and i do think some of the heresy ones would change i mean going on to some of the books i think fulgrim what he gains what he was master swordsman he starts to lose it a bit with what he the powers take away from him so i think i could see oh don't get me wrong he's not going to be a terrible swordsman or anything like that but i could see maybe all of a sudden certain primarchs i don't want to try and spoil anything maybe before the heresy might not have stood a chance to suddenly start hurting him a bit yeah and that that'd be very nice um and Again, trying not to spoil the heresy books for people or the uh, Siege of Terror books, but we have seen recently in the Siege of Terror books that the Demon Primarchs can change forms at will. Yeah. So while that's nice and that means that you can use your regular Fulgrim, um, for example, later, or you can use your regular Mortarion uh, in a later heresy battle, I'd quite like to see them do something similar to like Marathi gets in Age of Sigmar, where she starts as a base elf, but then can turn into her demon form at will at any point during the battle but then and i'd quite like to see that two two sides of the same primark yeah and i think if they if they change they need to take a re a loss of something so maybe they gain i don't know weapon skills and this but lose the scoring ability or you know yeah yeah especially angron just rage where he just has to go always to the closest unit so all of a sudden oppositions can just drag him around the tabletop yeah and you can have two totally different stat lines for them and you can choose to change them part way through the battle or you can choose to change them turn one but once you've changed them to their demon form they can't change back yeah because i always thought something like that sanguinus would get uh like feel no pain with basically with how the death company used to work so as he got to say three wounds maybe all of a sudden he'd get a nice feel no pain uh, yeah, because obviously he knows he's not going to die until he faces Horus, and then it gets yes. slapped around a bit. But, uh, but yeah, 
let's f- the heresy's only here if we support it so most definitely and there's there is so much background they can still go through yeah um the the you know the black books aren't aren't even close to the end of the heresy yet there's so much more they can mine for it and there's even post heresy scouring stuff they could do if we if we treat the game right it can be around for many many years to come i mean it's just going back to you know obviously they've released what happened at calf but then yep. there's all that all them walls around you know that whole area that's just decimated there's so much more they can do that with the blood angels and uh, dark angels with uh, secundus they can do yeah absolutely you know, that, that's a whole um, book there's... there against uh, them two legions whole book and a lot of rights of war that they could bring out to represent forces from that book yeah and then um, the battle to get to Terra, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's going to be all them kind of things. And even rules-wise, you say there's just Dark Mechanicum as a major force still to go, and I agree. But actually, there's still things like we've all been crying out for more agents, like assassins and things like that. Official rules for things like that, that they can they can throw into these books. And Forge Rules has shown they're willing to add a couple of units like the Hussars and the Sky Seekers for everyone to use. Or in the previous book, they they came up with all those really awesome Psy Arcana. Yeah. Sorry. All those really awesome Psy Arcana, plus they came up with the Divining Blade, which is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) My God, mate. Mate, we'll do that next show because me and Pete have (laughs) such opposing views on that. I absolutely hate it, and Pete absolutely loves it. So uh, we'll definitely go through that on the uh, next show because we we do definitely have disagreements over that. As a uh, teaser for that, though, my opinion on of it is if you bring Divining Blades, you better come with a few paragraphs as to why you have Divining Blades. <laughs> I said, I don't see how a normal little Praetor would have a better weapon than most Primarchs. Because that yep. it is a better Primar- weapon than quite a lot of Primarchs have. But, it is. But yeah, we'll, we can leave that for the next show. <laughs> Absolutely. I know Pete does say, well, you can still shoot him out and, you know, then all of a sudden you've wasted 30 points on a man that doesn't even get in close combat. But as far as facts, it is hard to shoot a Praetor out against a decent opponent. It is. It is. But, yeah, it's... Let's just face facts. With the release of uh, the latest book, it's nice just seeing... Uh, social media fill up with heresy models again most definitely and i think the reaction to this book coming out both positive and negative show that people are still really really uh into the heresy they feel very passionate about it so i reckon next next year new black book that's my i'm going to state it i could say yeah i could see new black book i don't Maybe, yeah, I reckon it'll be Mars. And what book that will be yeah. to read. Just... I think since they were working on the Dark Mechanicum for this book, the, the Schism of Mars makes sense. Yeah, it'll be great to it'll see. It'll be a very, very nice book to see. And then hopefully by next year we should be able to come to more events. Well, we'll see. <laughs> 
in the meantime, at least I'm getting things painted. Well, you can start a new army now. That's, that's the rule, isn't it? As soon as you paint one army, you can start start getting a new one. Don't tempt me. I, I've got three different armies planned, and I'm trying to pick one for the slow grow next year. Oh, go on then. You give the listeners a feedback. So uh, <laughs> let them let the listeners choose which ones you're planning. Okay, so just for a bit of background for everyone, um, what I currently have is a Night Lord's full Terminator force, a Night Lord's Swift Blade force, and a Night Lord's Terror Assault force. I then have a Shattered Legion's uh, After Istvan force, and two different types of militia and a Demon's army. So I'm currently pl- playing around with either Mechanicum. I'm open to Dark Mechanicum or regular. Um, a Black Shields force that is going to be Korax's monsters that he made, or a will be. Sorry, I've, I've just had a new, new one. Or a will be force. It's all right. A will be force. Possibly a Great Crusade. Uh, I've I've been toying with. Well, I've said it to a few people. Maybe we should start doing that. Uh, it's fun in the next year. It's fun five. Yeah. So, but I must admit, the local scene, we don't really have any Mechanicum players. So I would be yep. advised to go. There are Mechanicum players, but they never seem to bring the Mechanicum army out. So it'd be nice to see some we, Mechanicum. We tend to have a lot more Mechanicum allies or inducted Mechanicum stuff rather than full blown Mechanicum forces. Um, yeah, it's tough. I think Mechanicum are the most different of those of my options to anything I've already got, but I'm not sure. Or do what I do and just see if there's a uh, when you go on heresy trading, see if anything comes up relatively good deal and think, yeah. right, that's that's my new army, that's how I chose orcs basically. When <laughs> back in the day, I Wanted a new army, couldn't decide them, and then someone offered me a great deal on orcs, so that was it. Yeah. My second army. Well, I mean, that's the joy of a slow grow, though, where where normally I'm one of these people, and I know all the advice says, don't buy everything in your army first. I like to buy pretty much the whole force and have it sat there waiting to be built. Um, But the joy of a slow grow is you can kind of go for something that's a little bit more expensive, like Mechanicum, because you spread the cost out over 12 months. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if anything new releases that interests me. But I'm I'm really I love the idea of a Dark Mechanicum force, um, all built out of kind of demon engine stuff. And Am it, I in those uh, blood slaughterers from 40k? And if that book does come next year, then you'll have you already. Yeah. Or it'll be one of them things where you'll have the, your army ready, and all of a sudden all these new units will go come out, and you'll think, well, there's no point in me having this unit now that I've spent money on and uh, painted. I think, yeah, if I'm going to do Dark Mechanicum, um, I would only do 2,000 points of it in preparation for if the book comes out. I've still got 1,000 points to play with. I tend to build my armies to 3,000 points. Um, they give me 1,000 points to still play around with. Yeah. All right, so uh, okay. I think that's uh, enough. So next episode, we'll call it here. So uh, we definitely do it this time. Will be... Yeah. Weapons you rarely see on the tabletop, so rotor cannon, Johnny Saber, that top, and 
maybe one or two little rules to could that could help seeing them things. Obviously, or minus a rule if he comes with di- divining blades. I say, and the big <laughs> divining blade for a debate. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that's what we're looking to do next episode. Obviously, if Forge World suddenly drops something amazing, then that might be put back again, which it's been put back about four weeks now. Uh, sorry, four yeah. episodes. So uh, hopefully, we should see that. And uh, oh, and letters. We've got some letters. We've got answer questions on so i think right. we've got a few uh night lords questions so you'll definitely need to answer them matt beautiful i look forward to it or i could answer them and obviously being a loyalist i will purposely give you the wrong answers <laughs> yeah that's the excuse you give yeah what, what is it that bone one yeah yeah just take that bone right cross the wall. bone yeah mm. take cross of mm. bone every single time <laughs> Oh, I want it to be good. I so want it to be good, but it's not. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks for coming on the show, Matt, and we'll hopefully speak again soon. Yeah, like, thanks like for having we, me. We said, uh, I said at the start that we was meant to have a 3,000-point uh, battle this, well, last week, wasn't it? But that got canned yeah. because uh, our local stores had to shut down because of COVID, so we should hear about that. I was just going to lie on the episode and just said I absolutely hammered you. No one would believe that. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I think you are winning, aren't you? I think you've got three games to two, isn't it? Three victories to two? Something like that, but I think both of yours have been at events, so they counted more. <laughs> oh, no. I only won one event, didn't I? You won the oh. foot. You won. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because my Crimson Paladins failed the charge, didn't they? <laughs> to like a four inch charge and they failed they failed that one thing that they do yeah <laughs> fucking bastard things so <laughs> uh mind you my jet bikes have took over from them for being useless so uh Make them sky seekers they'll be useful then yeah right so uh cheers for listening to us guys and uh hopefully we'll see you soon if you want to contact us feel free there's various ways you can do so yeah Email, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, yeah. all social start sending media. those start sending those questions. Yeah, you should do an episode where we just do a bunch of listener questions. Yeah, to be yeah, honest, be we, we was meant to do that about two episodes ago. So we'll do it. We'll do next next episode. We'll next episode. We'll do all the questions. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Good for own. Yeah. Um, everyone, stay safe and remember, if it's not heresy. That's heresy. We need a better tagline. <laughs> <laughs>